This is the Dork Side News Network, and this just in. Right? No, we didn't. <laughs> no, but we are recording now. <gasps> oh, Good, no. because now nobody can know what we were talking about before we started. Dun, dun, dun. I will never know you split your pants. <laughs> no. That was the last episode. Jeez. But it he did it every again. single day. If I do it again next week before we release this episode, I'm going to be really upset. It's the curse. <laughs> like you just got hired at work and yep. then you're the guy who split his pants. It's funny because I just got hired at work and then everybody was like, you're doing a good job because I'm doing the job of three people right now and I'm, I'm maintaining. It's it's difficult, but I'm maintaining. They're like, you're doing so well. And oh, you split your pants. So that just goes to show how hard you're working, right? <laughs> No, Maybe just, it's how hard you're hitting the employee cafeteria. I, I was going to say, it's just me bending over to pick up my phone that I dropped. <laughs> Pants don't fit anymore. Oh, hey. Yeah. Recording. We're doing that podcast thing. Uh, hey, this is Dorkside News. If you guys didn't know already, you probably should know, though, if you clicked on it to listen to it. I'm really bad at doing this, <laughs> I? I? I know. One, one job. Well, apparently two because you just got hired. But yeah. Um, yeah, this is episode 142. Are we keeping track of those? Yeah, we do, actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've James. got one job. I'm Richard. And again, we have our returning uh, champions, guests, uh, Tomb Raider lore experts. Tomb Raider lore <laughs> Tomb experts? Yeah, yeah. I put that yeah. on my resume. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Too bad it doesn't count, right? <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if it did, I'd have Final Fantasy lore expert everywhere. Mm, there you go. Yeah, so um, I'm Bryandra, if you don't remember from last time. I'm Goob, and I am named Goob because I used to be obsessed with Scoob. <laughs> Is that really why? Yeah, that's okay. actually my family nickname. Okay. The more you know. <laughs> I had Superman for a long time because I was really into Superman. I still am. I mean, obviously. But for the longest time, for like two years of my life, my nickname was Window. It was because I was playing handball, and I threw a ball through a window, and the neighbor watched me do it. And he just called me window. And then everybody started picking up on it. It was just window. Oh, so are you saying we should call you split pants now? Yeah. <laughs> my nickname for the longest time was Rick because my name is Richard. Oh, wait, that's not oh, that's, 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 that's crazy. <laughs> that's wild. Totally wacky. <laughs> so if you guys, again, are not familiar with uh, how we do things here, we do news and then we're going to talk our, our talk and our talk today. Wow. Try that again. Our talk today is continuing the Tomb Raider lore. And not saying that the stuff that we talked about wasn't the good Tomb Raider, but we're getting into the good Tomb Raider right now. <laughs> we're getting into yeah. some content. My, my favorite too. We're getting I, into the parts where I'm like, Lara's not a hero anymore. Spoiler <laughs> alert, in my opinion, for this No, I, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, yeah, no fighting because we all agree. So Yeah. Uh, but first, we have our news. And um, I, I, you could say this is a big one. I don't know. It just depends on how you take it. HBO Max is the new streaming service, and they they just had some kind of convention announcement or something where they're announcing all this stuff, and boy, did they pick up some shit. So HBO Max announced that they're going to have the following exclusives, and there's a lot. So they now have exclusive rights to Rick and Morty. Oh, dang. And South Park. Ooh. Which is huge because yeah. south park has been on comedy central for 20 years now yeah. yeah and now hbo exclusively owns the rights to it wow uh greg berlanti our favorite i think they were already owned by the same network probably i no. think they're just switching around but... uh, the berlanti verse that rich likes me to call it <laughs> greg berlanti <laughs> is doing two new shows strange adventures and a green lantern inspired show 
I think they were saying inspired specifically because they don't want to say it. it's actually Green Lantern. Right, so... Uh, Wait, HBO's doing a... Uh-huh, Berlanti, yep. Yeah, not CW. Huh? <laughs> yeah. But, oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. So number one, the uh, the fans of Arrow, Flash, um, Legends of Tomorrow, the, those shows, they call it the Arrowverse, as seen on the backs of the novels inspired by the Arrowverse, and uh, on the DVDs, which say the Arrowverse, and on the Wikipedia article, which says the Arrowverse, not the Berlantiverse. But as it was much all made as, by Berlanti, so it's the Berlantiverse. <laughs> I get it, but these shows aren't the um, Alexanderverse or something. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't however, mind. <laughs> however, I will actually agree with you that these are part of the Berlantiverse because I believe that um, these shows are not WB slash DC licensed if shows greg berlanti has the idea to go a little darker or whatever he's yeah he's gonna to make them. his own comic book universe that was not based off a comic book cool i think it's cool I, yeah that's cool i love his stuff you yeah. guys you guys like flash arrow yeah stuff yeah heck yeah. yeah and then we also i mean we're we're i think when this episode comes out we'll start soon uh, when does it actually happen the big infinite or uh, crisis on infinite earth is that that's soon right yeah, that I is, so. I mean, I feel like they've been prepping for that forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I just read an article about that and it's supposed to be happening like probably by like, the end of the year, I think. People yeah. are going to listen to this episode. I think like, it's happening now. Yeah, right now. Yeah, it, the episode's on now. It's before Thanksgiving. Yeah. So, and this episode's going up before Thanksgiving. So. I, I, I think I will have seen more trailers and articles about those four episodes than the, than the time it takes me to actually watch those four episodes. <laughs> I, I don't even know if it's four or three. I, Who knows? Flash. It's, it's exciting. Yeah. Batwoman, Flash, Arrow, and then maybe Legends of Tomorrow. Sometimes they include it, sometimes they don't. Uh, okay. So, continuing on, uh, Ridley Scott, a name we all know. Um, is also getting a new sci-fi series called Raised by Wolves. Hmm. Just like me. Yeah. And what throws me off what throws me off is Raised by Wolves, you can try and guess what it's about. You can. Obviously. Raised by Corgis. But the thing that's different though is it's specifically saying it's a sci-fi series. So how do you make sci-fi out of being raised by that's what's interesting. You become the werewolf. <laughs> yes, that's it. Uh, they have new the new Looney Tunes, the ones that were pictured a, a while ago that have new animations and all that stuff. That's going to be on HBO. So this Max. is not new Tiny Tunes. This is new Looney new Tunes. New Looney Tunes, yes. Okay. Uh, five Conan O'Brien comedy specials. Can't go wrong there. Conan O'Brien's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, Elizabeth Banks, who seems like she's doing everything in the fucking universe. <laughs> she's doing Charlie's Angels. She did Pitch Perfect. She was in Pitch Perfect. Mm-hmm. She was in Charlie's, Charlie's Angels. Angels. Yep. <laughs> Um, she is doing a DC superhero high. So, interesting. Very so, fun. this is like the girl, high school versions of Wonder Woman, yep. Supergirl, all those characters? Yeah. That's yeah. so mm-hmm. fun. That's I think fun. that's so good for, you know, young adults coming in, learning about comics and yeah. everything. I just, I love that. Mm-hmm. We have Issa Rae's Rap Shit. It's a working title. I don't know if it's going to be called rap shit. Wait, oh, I thought you said rat shit. Rat, no, rap, rap shit. Oh, okay. I heard uh, you. <laughs> Mindy Kaling's College Girls. I love her. Mindy Kaling's fucking hilarious. She is hilarious. Um, everybody knows her from something different, but to me, it's just The Office. The Office, she's yeah. She's so funny in The Office. I liked her from her own show, too, but yeah. The Office is where I was like, wow, she's hilarious. Uh, this one I don't know. Gina Rodriguez's movie, Bobby Sue, is going to be exclusively on HBO. 
I, I don't know anything about this, but apparently it's a big deal. Uh, the one I'm most excited for, and I'm probably... <laughs> as Rich rolls his eyes. The four-part docuseries on Heaven's Gate. I don't know. I thought it'd be interesting. It's a, it's a docuseries <laughs> on people drinking Kool-Aid. I mean, it should be interesting. Well, we know you just gave away how oh, shit, I spoiled it. Should... <laughs> Sorry, Spoilers. everyone. Spoilers! <laughs> and then, no, but to be honest, the very big one, the biggest news for the HBO Max... Every Studio Ghibli movie is going to be streaming. On Actually, Netflix. I find that to be Do kind of exciting. Do you know what's crazy? I literally, the day that it got announced, maybe like four hours before I read it, I was going through Facebook. You know how they'll have those just kind of like clickbaity articles? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like, here is why. Hayao Miyazaki said that he hates the 21st century and he refuses to ever allow his media to be streamed. <laughs> so don't expect anything anytime uh, soon yeah. because Hayao Miyazaki hates everyone under the age of 55. <laughs> and it was just a really angry article. All the comments were like, oh, anime was a mistake. <laughs> kind of like thing and everything like that. And literally, I'm just scrolling through later. And I'm like, oh, cool. I can watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, it was funny because when I saw this, I was like, oh, hell yeah. Every Studio Ghibli movie. I can watch them now. Oh, shit. Wait, I just bought my girlfriend every Studio Ghibli mm-hmm. movie. I can already watch okay. them. Yep. So, I so I have a question for you, and you might yep. have to touch base with me later. Anyone who's listening to this right now, please let me know your thoughts and your experiences. Yes. I have owned Howl's Moving Castle three times. Mm-hmm. Every single time, the DVD is corrupted. <laughs> like, I'll be able to load to the menu. Everything will work fine. And then when I go to play the movie, it doesn't work. And I've had that issue. I don't... Since I was in high school. I don't think wow. you get it, For though. different DVDs. Howl's Moving Castle is about a castle that moves. So the, oh, so the movie's the just... The data just moved. moved. Oh, it just moved <laughs> over. Oh, okay. I just got to wait a couple hours. I just got to be more patient. Yeah. <laughs> It'll come back It'll when come he's back. ready. <laughs> I just got to change. I got to put one of those dials from Howl's Moving Castle. You know, like the, the light-up yep. dial that takes you to a different area. I just so, got to tune into the right frequency. In order to well, when it, when it actually switches to that, that's when you know you can put the DVD in and, and so watch the movie. So I want to know, was there a bunch of botched DVDs? Like, does okay. anyone else have this problem? Am I crazy? No. Am it actually, it actually does come down to how... It, so a lot of the movies were not put out on DVDs to begin with. A lot of them were like recorded. I and, mean, and a then, lot of them, they were all... It was published by Disney. Disney had a whole entire line of... Since um, it was because the guy from Pixar, he's really good buddies with Miyazaki. And they collaborated, and that's why we have the yep. Disney collection for Studio Ghibli films. The, the issue being is because people don't realize just how much Ghibli made. There's several. Mm. There's There's so many. And people want to just, they, they're they like me. I want to buy the whole thing. I want to mm-hmm. buy everyone that he's done. I just want to get the whole collection. Well, these collections aren't official collections from Disney. They're ripped CDs and stuff that people have made from other ones. Yeah, so, so you using, get kind of the more obscure ones like the Cat Returns. Yeah. So, but you're also getting low-quality DVDs from people mm-hmm. that are just trying to get this stuff out there and just, you know, buy the DVD. Uh, so you get a lot of stuff that just sneaks in sometimes. You know, you'll buy a sealed in package, you know, Blu-ray, and then it's actually not. It's a, it's a ripped copy, but mm-hmm. it still works. But it's again, it's not quality, so it's really you got to pay attention specifically to the Miyazaki movies because for some reason they always do that, always. Uh, but yeah, HBO Max has a lot of stuff. And oh, that's so exciting! A lot of Ghibli. So I guess now you don't have to buy that that movie anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's going to watch when she turns it on. It's just like, oh, we don't have it anymore. It's, it's on Netflix now. <laughs> it's, <on> Netflix. <laughs> it's moved again. <laughs> hey, I, I grew up with Studio Ghibli. So yeah. I'm really looking forward to being able to sit down because um, my, my fiance, I'm going to call him out right here. 
He, he hasn't seen many. Ooh. He's a... Uh, Has he at least seen Hollywood? Uncultured swine. <laughs> was, that a, was, was that a spirited away joke? Um, no. Ah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure the only ones you've seen has been spirited away and then I convinced him to finally watch like half of Porco Rosso but I don't think he's seen any other ones to be completely honest and so, I've seen every single one except for um I haven't seen um uh... no I have I did watch it <laughs> never mind from yesterday I was like I haven't watched that oh I did watch that one a couple like, years oh, yeah, ago. so never mind I've seen all of them yeah I mean Howl's is my favorite uh, Mononoke is my girlfriend's favorite, mm-hmm. and Good I think choice. Spirited Away is if you don't if you haven't seen those two, Spirited mm-hmm. Away is always at the top for the people yeah. that haven't seen all of them. I always tell people my favorite Ghibli film is the last one that I watched. Yeah, because yeah, I, I can't nice. pick a favorite. Yeah. Whichever one is the most recent in memory to me, whichever one is con- I, currently take pulling strings in my heart is my favorite. I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that now. <laughs> um, actually, I think um, do I think we talked about it, but because I have both of you here, Grave of the Fireflies. Oof. Yeah, that's a rough one. Uh, not in a bad way. It's mm-hmm. just it's just rough. Mm-hmm. But someone did something that I didn't notice they did. They took the box art, the cover mm-hmm. for Grave of the Fireflies, and they increased the brightness on everything 200%. What you don't know that's hiding in the background is the fireflies are bombs. No! Oh if you look close gosh. now at the case and you go back and look, you'll see that they're actually... They're, they're bombs and they're fires. and stuff. It's like, been oh. years since my heart has been broken from that film, but you just managed in 2019. You have hurt me to again. Break it again. Brave of Fireflies is still finding ways to hurt my soul. Yeah. So HBO Max, a lot of shit. Um, again, Ghibli, the most important thing on that list, I think. And then also Watchmen is streaming right now on HBO, which will probably... Who knows? I mean, it's on HBO Go, right? Is that what it's called now? I or, guess. I don't, I don't know. freaking know. They so, change their names So, question. Sometimes. I use my friend's HBO. Is this another streaming service in <laughs> addition to HBO? Because I know HBO, think, pre-dom- it's mainly like yeah. large scale, like movies or like TV shows, but the episodes are an hour apiece. I think the know? goal is to put everything on this one. So, okay. you don't have a bunch of different ones. But because they've changed their names so many times, people just don't know. So, eventually, you'll have to get... Your friend to cancel the one and move to the new one, or and I then will, get their. I'll convince them. It's okay. Or like we like we talked about last time, just have a Filipino friend because they have the hey. the main HBO account mm-hmm. that everybody shares. My my sister has Hulu, and I just had the biggest Buffy craving last week, and I was like, I gotta watch Buffy, and I would go, Danielle, that's my sister. I promise you, I'm going to be getting Disney Plus next month. Please let me borrow your Hulu, and I promise you, when Disney Plus comes out. I will. I'm gonna take over that bill. So anything that you want to watch that's on Disney Plus, it's on me. I'll let you borrow my stuff. <laughs> and it, it was just a fair trade off. So I'm I sure can't. I'll find something to trade so that I can want. I can get my Ghibli fix. They're gonna be like, uh, "Do you want to watch Buffy? What do you got? What do you got for me?" You're like, "I got the Mandalorian." Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's good enough. So HBO Max is. The streaming service that the people are trying, you know, they're, they're trying to fight in the market. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. They might get some more stuff, but they got some. They got some good stuff right now. That was our longest segment ever. Yeah, for a news item. Yeah, I'm sorry. well, because they had so much. No, it's not your, no, it's, it's, it's Studio so Ghibli. You can't help it. Yeah. It's I you gotta show respect. <laughs> um, our Lord and Savior Edgar Wright is making a movie. I say that because Edgar Wright made my favorite movie of all time, Scott Pilgrim. 
<laughs> what you like Scott Pilgrim? Yeah. He literally mentions Scott Pilgrim every single day. <laughs> oh, not just for podcasts. Every day. Fuck. We made a mistake in the last episode. What's bitch. That? We forgot to mention Paul Rudd. <gasps> we went an entire okay. episode without mentioning Paul Rudd. It, uh, you you got it in here. Though. Our what's, Lord and Savior. What's your opinion on Paul Rudd? <laughs> Paul Rudd. Yeah. I don't know. I like him. <laughs> Well, I know it's Ant Man. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if they know it's Ant Man. How, how old is Paul Rudd? I honestly, how old is we, he? No, I don't how old know. is he? I don't know. You don't know? I have no idea. Guess he's Ant Man. He's a superhero. How uh, forty six. Eight hundred and seventy. That's decent. I think he's 51? 50? 50. 50? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He. And in, in, in no way, shape, or form, and every time he's Wait, ever he's been 53? on camera, he's fifty-three. He's fifty. He's, he's so just, hot. He's not fifty-three. He's fifty. <laughs> I have never seen him look 50 yeah. any time I've ever seen I, I want to look as good as him. You know so. those celebrities that always look the same? Kind of like you Keanu know, Reeves. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly like Keanu Reeves. That's the best example. Mm-hmm. They just yeah. don't age. What, yeah. are, what is it that these celebrities do? What are they drinking? They're vampires. <gasps> I knew fun, it. Fun fact, because I looked this up on Google, people also search for other people's ages. I have them right here. It's actually kind of interesting. Robert Downey Jr. How old do you think he is? I'm going to say 52. That's pretty close. I thought 55. 54. Yep, he's 54. Boom! Lisa Kudrow. I don't know who that is. Wow! Oh. Amy from Friends. Friends. Yeah. Oh! She's a, got a real life Smelly degree cat. in psychology, I think. Yeah. She's, yeah. she's super smart. She's, she's one of the oldest in the Friends group, I think. So I think she's 58. Close. Mm, 59. Further away. Is this Price is Right? 57. <laughs> 56, 56. 56. Yes. And then the last one, I thought this is most interesting. Jeremy Renner, if you guys don't know. I don't know who Hawkeye. Hawkeye. Didn't oh. he do something controversial recently? Like, isn't everyone mad at him? What did he do? I can't remember. I don't People know. on Twitter were mad at him for some reason. I don't know. I don't People know if it was on Twitter Renner, always, but I don't know. they're when always I, mad. Yeah. <laughs> when I get on Twitter, I'm just like, what am I going to be mad about today? If I think he's 46. Wait, didn't he? No, he like his I, wife. He had like a really bad drama going on with his wife. That, that, that might be your news for next week. <laughs> <laughs> the news for last week. It was uh, actually we did forget to say that in the last week's episode, since it happened at the time of recording last week's episode, uh, Jared Padalecki punched a bartender in the face. Yes, oh my god, he did at his own bar. Yes, that he owns. He threatened to kill his wife, his ex-wife, in court. I not, wouldn't not fuck him. with Jeremy Renner. He can't. Hawk, he can. Hawkeye. He, yeah, he Hawkeye. won't miss. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Jeremy Renner's forty-eight. I just wanted to print hey, that. Hey, that was pretty close. Wow. That was, he doesn't look forty-eight in a good he way. He looks old in a good way. He's old. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Okay, so Edgar Wright, the, our Lord and Savior, that's not Paul Rudd, uh, is making a horror movie with time travel called Last Night in Soho. Uh so I find this cool to be concept. very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So do you guys know about Last Night in Soho? No. No. I think most of the people in the world do not know about this show. So this Soho, is the, like Southern California? Southampton, I think. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that what Soho is? I think it's Southampton. It's London. Okay. Um, oh, SoCal. Sorry. That was a blonde moment. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get a little confused because I uh, sometimes I think Soho is New York. Manhattan. Uh, South of Houston Street. Yeah, so there. Oh, okay. I think there's like two though, because yeah. there is one in London too. So this is set in London. Okay. And this is um, 
and this is a horror movie. So one, it's a horror movie. Two, it's a show about time travel, a movie about time travel. Mm -hmm. And so we know those two things. And then we know the like seven word description of this show, which is a woman is fixated like she loves the 1960s and somehow uses time travel to go back to the 1960s. And it's not like what she thought it would be. So I love that. (laughs) All the people that are always like, I don't belong in this time frame. If only I was born at this time, Mm -hmm. maybe things weren't as great as you thought they were. There you go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, any, any things that stand out? Um, I, uh, for some reason, like I always think of anthropology when I think of you, Briandra, mm-hmm. because you're the closest I know to any anthropology in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, what things would people be disappointed by in the 1960s in London that they think it's like flower time? Oh, it's super fun. So much. I mean, yeah. it, like, it depends on what race you are, depends exactly. on what gender you are. I was going to say, the top thing are. would be civil rights. Yeah. And that I mean, the top thing. It, like, things were obviously different than here in the United States, but it was still an issue. It, you know, I would think for women, it would be close to the same. Mm, this is just a thought in terms of like, I mean, it wasn't until like the eighties that women were allowed to get. Oh no, 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 no. I mean the same in England as in the United States. Oh, in the the eighties. Well, we, yeah, without our husband signing on it. Yeah. Oh my Mm -hmm. God. I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, he's like, I love the 80s. Now I hate them. No, no, I think I, I never liked the 80s. My mom was always like, I grew up in the 80s. Everything was great. I was like, you look like you, you're hairy. You got electrocuted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah like prior it. to the 80s, women couldn't have even, I don't even think we could have bank accounts without having a man signed on to it. Like, That's insane. We were completely dependent financially on men and... Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I think that was probably the same in London yeah. as it, it was in the United States, yeah. as opposed yeah. to race, which might have been a little bit better in London. I don't or know. Or who knows? It's just yeah. because it's not as, it depends on what's publicized and what we learn about. Mm-hmm. Things are pretty terrible everywhere worldwide. It's yeah. just we don't so, really yeah. hear about Some it. Some of those you know? things we are not that different now. European yeah, it's, that's true. It's, um, it's funny you say that because the first episode of Walk, or Walking Dead, wow, um, The Watchmen that we talked about last week. Yeah. Um, the events that happened at the very beginning of that sure. were actually based on a real story. That actually happened. And it's one of those hidden things in history that people don't talk about. Yeah. So in, in The Watchmen, this, there's like this black community. And it starts off with the Ku Klux Klan coming in and just annihilating. Every, they just massacre everybody. Oh my God. And one kid escapes. Like one five-year-old three-year-old something mm-hmm. like that and a three-year-old and in the uh in the the show they basically any anybody who had family from that period receives a pretty large um like settlement mm-hmm. and so they're like rich okay. like any any anybody black from who whose family descended from there as a survivor, are basically rich now. And, of course, there's negative views from white people on that. It's a very political, mm-hmm. very cool show. Um, it's absolutely you, fascinating. Yeah. It 
I think it's something that anyone can be able to relate to and be able to understand and learn something if from you, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's so hurt because they start with watching a movie. And you're like totally into it and like, cool, this is a cool moment. And then suddenly the dad like comes in carrying a gun and he's like, they're, they're here and there's like alarms. And then next thing you know, you just have Ku Klux Klan like running through, like, like shooting people mm-hmm. and throwing um, a lot of cocktails oh and all this stuff. Yeah. And so that, that Delta between happiness and family and like, you're totally like into it and then totally like, it's just horrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, so it's based on, it's actually based on the Tulsa race riot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is otherwise known as Black Black Wall Street. People call it that too, and um, it happened in between uh, May thirty first, June first, nineteen twenty one, and it's what a lot of people, even historians, call the single worst incident of racial violence in American history. In real life, oh I don't gosh. think they had like got anything good out of it. Like no redemption, no, no. nothing. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if there's any survivors to be honest. So I don't know if there's anybody to even give the money to to give money to. Yeah. yeah. Um, like even right now, so I'm I'm legally separated, and my ex-wife, like I started getting bills from her dentist. Oh, and I was like, "Why are you sending me the bills?" And they were like, "Well, because you're her husband." And I was like, "Even if I was still her husband, that doesn't mean I'm just automatically the one who's going to pay her bills." Right. Yeah. Like it, I was like, why wouldn't like you have her address on file? And they're mm-hmm. like, well, no, just the husband is the one who would pay for things. And it's like that's, that's so, so weird and like, like what era counter, are you living? In? Yeah, that's so counterintuitive to to today. Like, why would you even still think you know, that? they're going to try to reach out to whoever they can to pay that bill? <laughs> she had no, she had no, yeah. It was just a ten dollar copay oh or whatever. Like it was Shh. like it wasn't like they're coming after her. She, she makes good money. Um, but yeah, it's, it was just my, my father automatic. dealt with something like that. He kept getting is a company called MCI. I don't even know if it's still around anymore. A uh, phone company, and they kept billing him for ten cents, <laughs> and, and they called him for this bill for ten cents. And he's like, you know, give me my money. He's already like, I paid for it three times You're now. Lucky. This is bullshit. Yeah, this was yeah. an election. They just sent me the bill. This so the, the best part was one day he just got so fed up he put a dime in the, in the envelope and just mailed it out. He's like, I sent you your fucking dime. <laughs> so they just eventually just cleared it out. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. But yeah, so Edgar Wright's making a horror movie on time travel. So. It sounds yeah. interesting. Man. I don't know what's going yeah. on there. Um, and then, okay, so speaking of movies, I had uh, these two watch a couple of trailers, and I'm actually interested. I know, like when we were watching, like, oh, that sounds cool, but I'm interested mm-hmm. in knowing your actual thoughts on these ones that mm-hmm. we saw. Yeah, especially because I I had already seen them uh, before. I didn't know what you had picked, but then I was like, oh yeah, I've seen those, yeah. and those are good. So the first one we looked at was Knives Out. Oh, the um, one about the cat meme. <laughs> <laughs> it basically is about the cat meme. Yes. Um, it's a, it. it's a Ryan Johnson who done it, and if you guys don't know who Ryan Johnson, it's that's the guy that you know did, did the Star Wars thing once or twice. He, yeah, episode eight, seven, seven and eight, eight, or just eight. <laughs> yeah. He just did eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did episode eight of Star Wars, and he's doing this one. But please, please, I know some people don't like episode eight. Don't it base really kind of just like lowered my expectations. I was excited, <laughs> but now I'm like, oh. <laughs> no, this has a lot. A lot of big name um, mm-hmm. actors and actresses in it, and the funny thing about all four of these movies, except for the the fourth one on the list, um, all all of them have at least at some point a Marvel yes Marvel hero actor in it. Mm-hmm. I completely did that by accident, but it works out. <laughs> yep. 
So this one ha- does have uh, Chris Evans in it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he's an asshole and it's super funny. The most superior of the Chris's in my, <laughs> in my professional opinion. The, uh, this movie has no shame. No, it they, doesn't. They are totally about having fun and mm-hmm. just being goofy and whatever ideas they have, I'm sure they just did it. Yeah. It's and it's like you said when we were talking earlier. It's like Clue, but for our century. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it our century. Is, you our mean century. our generation? No, our century. Our century. <laughs> I'm actually bummed out that I never went to go see it because I was actually pretty excited for uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Mm-hmm. Oh, I never too. saw it, but Me I was neither. really excited. Yeah, it was like, I saw so the good. It was a really good movie. It was yeah. so. Good. It was good. Okay, I'm yes. gonna have to watch that because yeah. I know that it's you know a re incarnation it's a retelling of murder retelling, yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. but i never got to see the original so i'm like oh yeah. cool this is gonna be something that's fit for my generation now i really got something it's super fun I, I like whodunits because they they play a game with the audience the mm-hmm. whole time you're like i know who did it mm-hmm. i know yeah. based on the oh, clues so and, and every wrong. single time you're wrong yep. like i'm always wrong every time i watch we should movies. all go see it in theaters yes. yeah <laughs> i, I want to see it yeah that'd be super cool mm-hmm. um yeah it's called knives out that's actually what it's called and I'd like to point out the one part, the, my favorite part of the trailer that I've seen so far was, um, oh God, I forgot his name. The, the, the inspector, the, what's his name? Daniel Craig. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Good. A good boy. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Craig. And I think this is going to be what the movie is known for, but his one line was like, I suspect foul play. And that's, that's the <laughs> that entire movie. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> um, up next, we have um, Smog in a war movie. Okay. 1917 is a is another movie coming out. It's a war movie. Um, I generally don't like war movies myself because prior military experience. Is that really how you think of him, Smog? No, is I it? just thought it. It's just one of those. You things. don't think Doctor Strange or Sherlock Holmes? Honestly, if, yeah. you, if you say Benedict Cumberbatch, the first thing I think about honestly is Star Trek. I don't know why. I don't know why, but it is the first thing. I just think of his. Just he has the most interesting skull. And yeah, <laughs> he does. Yeah, it's true. People, you guys are all laughing, but I bet you people are going to agree with me. He has an interesting shaped cranium. And see, being, also- <laughs> being an archaeologist, like we are probably morbidly like fascinated with people's skulls. So, <laughs> like, I can tell you that yes, his thank skulls you are so much. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. It's two against two right here. Okay? I, didn't, I didn't disagree with you. No, I didn't. Oh. I didn't disagree. With you. All right, there we go. I'm I don't glad know that, we're all on the same page. I, I don't know that I'm agreeing that that's his like defining um, his de- thing that stands out. But his defining thing that stands out is if you ever get a chance to meet him, ask him to say penguins. He, for the life of him, cannot say penguins correctly. Interesting. There is a whole interview where they were making fun of him. It was on one of the um, the English talk show, the one that they have James Graham, I think it is. Or uh, like yeah, I think. Is there that's anything right. that rhymes with penguin? No, but when they when they <laughs> asked him, they're like, "Can you say penguins for us, please?" He's like, "Penguins." <laughs> it's not even close. Oh, interesting, because he's able to accomplish being able to replicate different accents. Yes, mm-hmm. but he just can't say penguins. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> but no, so 1917 has a really interesting just to it i don't again i don't normally do uh, war movies because me being in the military i just don't like dealing with things in war anymore mm-hmm. i try to stay away from it if i can but this one's interesting it's about a brother who's getting who gets sent out on a mission from his captain and says you need to find your brother and warn him not to do what they're about to do because if you don't all 1600 of those men are going to die and so the whole movie is about him trying to get to his brother and w- warn him hey Stop. Don't. And the it's just so cool. Yeah. And it's worth noting that the movie is actually about uh, World War One. Yeah. And I 
think what makes this cool is the Great War. The Great War. That you don't see too many movies that are about that time period yeah, I feel and like about World that War. Two kind of it takes does the, the spotlight. Like they're even have, making another one, Midway, I think, which yeah. is about um, you know the Pacific battle during World War Two. So I think it's because World War Two almost has a little bit more optimism to it. Because it really, we well, haven't think, had a great war since then. So it is like, originally, World War One is supposed to be the war to end all wars. That's true. Well, and there's and clear enemies, out for him. right? There's clear, like, mm-hmm. villains. Yeah, and World yeah. War Two, like, World there's II, no doubting good, the Nazis are the bad evil. guys. It makes the perfect story, yeah. you know? But it's interesting because World War One really does have, like, what do you think inspired Lord of the Rings? You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So yeah. it's... Interesting that it it is something that you don't really see too much in modern media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is very much an artistic period piece, right? It's got oh, those yes. interesting mm-hmm. angles. It's got those interesting colors. It is. This is this is true cinema. This is this is what everybody who loves movies. And yeah, for mm-hmm. audiophiles out there too, just like okay, if I can just get one just deep voice just to say something, and then you get Benedict Cumberbatch. He's like, I need to do. Yeah. He's like, oh. I feel like that trailer in itself was a work of art. That was yeah, a fantastic trailer. I'm on the same um, wavelength with you. I don't watch war films. Yeah. I can't handle them. Mm-hmm. They they upset me. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. I will probably not be watching this film. That's fair. But just the trailer in itself was a work of art. Yeah. That was yeah. a fantastic e- trailer. Even like when the fight scene starts like narrowing in and you're like, okay, they're switching from, I mean, just as like a cinematographer, they're switching mm-hmm. from a widescreen to like a narrow. Uh, Are you talking about like the last couple seconds? Yeah. The last couple the, seconds. Oh, and and, then, the and then it becomes the, the one mm-hmm. of the 1970. I was like, that is so amazing. Like mm-hmm. I want to use that technique somehow, but yeah. now everybody will say that. Oh, it came from this. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's fantastic. It. You see so many trailers that are kind of just like, you either spoiled the entire movie, which that trailer did not spoil anything. No, I'm no. on the edge of the see it. Like I don't you know, know the premise, but does he it? get there? Right? Yeah. Are they yeah. make it? I feel like they're not going to. Yeah, that I feel is, like that they're is. not going to. But it's like that's why you're going to go watch it because mm-hmm. you're like, wait, are they? Are they not? That trailer no. was true art. I agree. Yeah. That was great. Uh, kind of like the lighthouse, the lighthouse trailer. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, this is art. This this trailer itself was worth watching. Yeah. I've heard we the, didn't talk about Lighthouse yeah, too much, but I wish I, we had. I, I, I need to go back and watch the trailers for it again because I, I know who's in it. And yeah. I want to know who clipped together the trailer, to be honest, because I think that that's something that like that's a whole different art form right there. Absolutely. It's how to make trailers. I'm very curious if it's the director or not, because I feel like a lot of times they just give it off to somebody else I think, to do. yeah, it's absolutely someone separate, yeah. I think, almost all the time. Mm-hmm. I actually heard a very interesting way that Lighthouse was described. They said it was a claustrophobic art masterpiece. Ooh, okay. like, that sounds uncomfortable. No, but yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, okay, so for the third of the four movies that we have, uh, 21 Bridges was the, one of the last trailers we saw. The only one we didn't see the trailer for was because we all saw it already, but we'll get there. Uh, 21 Bridges is our our man, Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther himself. And, I mean, the entire gist of the movie is in the title, mm-hmm. but it still seems really cool. So... Um, some cop killers killed some cops and some shit happens and Chadwick Boseman's character wants to shut down the entire island I think they're on Manhattan uh, all 21 bridges out and the waterways and the tunnels and the waterways mm-hmm. and the tunnels any way out and then they're just he said flood the island with blue and have Which all these is such cops. a great line yes, yeah. it's so cool yeah. mm-hmm. and 
it's another one of these movies where Chadwick Boseman does an American accent and it completely throws me off <laughs> because it's, it's backwards. Yeah. Like when you hear somebody and then they you find out that they have an English accent, you're like, oh, that's crazy. But I know he has an English accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in reverse, it's like, wow, that's a really weird American accent because it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so convincing. It, it just is. <laughs> but this movie looks amazing. It's. I've been excited about this movie for quite a while. Yeah. I, I just feel like... Um, I mean, number one, it's it's topical, right? Because basically it's exploring the scenario of probably police corruption, I'm pretty yeah. sure. And um, he he's a cop who thinks he's a good guy. And I think most cops are good guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's bad seeds that are really tainting the police in yeah. this country. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and yeah, I think I think it's going to be intense. I think it's going to be epic. And I just get so like like emotional like like yeah. it just like it just excites me. Like I, I want to see this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the final one, I mean, it's almost December, so of course we have to talk about it again. Star Wars Episode 9: Rise of Skywalker, yes. the final yeah. in the Skywalker. No, no wait. What's the release date on this movie? December 23rd, 22nd? How is it? One of those two. I, I bought I, the tickets, but you know, I'm gonna have to. Look at it. <laughs> like, I, just got it. I, I bought them as soon after I watched the trailer because it's a tradition, you know? It's tradition. Even though I, uh, I December didn't 20th. like. I was close. I didn't like The Last Jedi, but that's just me. But no matter what happens, even if, let's say that I absolutely like loathed The Last Jedi and I thought it was the worst movie of all time, I would still watch it again and again just yeah. because mm-hmm. like i am i am an absolute like i have to watch star wars mm-hmm. did i you, have to did you not like it because of what they did to luke or did you not like it because of what they did to the whole movie Blue all the above <laughs> i would say all the above i feel like that's that's gonna be for another another okay. talk that's, I, that's, that's true yeah. that's, that's gonna true. take two hours <laughs> yeah yeah I, i'm with it that's that's a topic let's yeah. let's do uh yep Ooh, star wars would be good I mm-hmm. love Star Wars. I just didn't like the last film. And I have a lot of beliefs and opinions on it that will take yeah. a good I, 40 minutes to discuss. I loved what they did to Luke, but I disliked basically everything else in the movie, mm-hmm. including how they portrayed what they did to Luke. But what they did to Luke, I actually liked. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I wanted to point out uh, a couple things. I- I've talked about one of these before. So I don't know if I've talked about it with you, Gabby, but I was talking to mm-hmm. you about it. Um the Rise of Skywalker, the name itself. I believe, and I'm hoping that this is right because I've been saying it for almost a year now since <laughs> we learned the title. Um, it, the Jedi have fallen. Mm-hmm. They're, they're gone. The last Jedi was the last movie, The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, there are no more Jedi in the, in the universe, but they're still Force-sensitive and Force-powerful people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So instead of calling them Jedi, they will now call them Skywalkers. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry to have a negative reaction. I just... <laughs> You don't think that's awesome? I'm not a Jedi. I'm a Skywalker. I mean, like, I can see. <laughs> so, so like, I understand the guttural response to it, but I also feel like it's a way of honoring that legacy without having to continue on with their story. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. All right, Gabby. So, so who, who, an appropriate who, shirt today. Yes, you did. Who is, who is Rebel the, Alliance. Who is the Skywalker in the movie? Oh. <sighs> See, I'm so sorry to be the negative Nancy of the bunch, but like the title brings concern to me because I'm like, oh my God, are they going to be like, here's a plot twist. You know how they said Anakin was 
born and didn't have a father. <laughs> Ray was plot twist. Mm-hmm. Plot twist. There was a father. <laughs> Actually, I'm so scared, you guys. Yeah, comics, no, I, I'm terrified. In the comics, there was a father, but a Palpatine, I'm hoping Palpatine you know. Was the father. Oh, Let's yeah, say yeah. that we live in a perfect world where Gabby can have everything that she ever wants. <laughs> In this perfect world, I don't actually think this is what the Rise of Skywalker means. I'm sure it has something to do with Rey, obviously. But in when my right, perfect though, when I'm universe, right, you're gonna buy me a drink, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I, I will buy you a drink either way. It's okay. But in my perfect universe, the Rise of Skywalker is like, oh, you know, Luke was really, you know, how he got kind of grumpy in the end. Well, he got hitched and had to see your wife, and her name is Mara Jade. She's canon now. The the end. Yes, if they, that would be amazing. If they yeah. bring Mara Jade <laughs> in, finally, yeah. that would that would be that amazing. would be incredible. Nice, yeah. I love my my you guys feisty hear my idea? redhead. This is my this is my theory crafting. Okay. So, Kylo Ren is the son of Princess Leia. Yeah. Did, did she go? Oh, no. We know and this. We know this. This is, this is already and true. she's a confident woman who did not take her husband's last name. So, that means Kylo Ren is actually a Skywalker. And so, when he becomes good and when um, Rey becomes bad... That's the rise of Skywalker. It could be. Oh. That's incredible. And I think the, that would actually save everything. The like, one thing I, that's, I love that. Be, I yeah. love that. The one thing that was throwing everybody off from the previous trailer, not this one, was um, when Ray popped out her double-sided yeah. lightsaber. Yeah. And yeah. it was red. But see, That's like, a big deal. But it also I looked think, like a dream sequence. It almost. did. Yeah. It did. And I think, I feel like... J.J. Abrams is known for this. Like, his trailers are a lot of misdirection. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like... <laughs> but what if J.J. Abrams knows that we know this and he's like, this <laughs> yeah, is exactly true. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Could be. I mean, that's When possible, it comes to but... this trilogy, it's borrowing so much when it comes to the foundation. Like, think of, like, when you were in school and you learned about the foundations for a story. When it comes to, like, the build-up, the climax, and then kind of, like, the descent into what the moral is yep. for the story. And I feel like... When it comes to um, the Skywalker trio, (laughs) (laughs) it has borrowed a lot from the original trilogy Mm -hmm. when it comes to the foundations of a story. So I feel like they almost have planted that out for the past two films for what the build up is. Mm -hmm. So it's like, are they are they going to continue with the foundation of the story? Everyone knows how this is supposed to Mm -hmm. end. Are they going to completely throw us off? See, and I'm kind of hoping they do that because, mm-hmm. like, a lot of people talk about the redemption of Kylo Ren, and I kind of don't want him to be redeemed. And maybe this is just me being bitter because he killed Han Solo. <laughs> but th- but <laughs> there's a difference between killing your mama and killing your papa. Yeah, there's a difference. If he killed his mama, then I'd be like, he fucking tried. He's done. He's yeah. done. Yeah, he did try. We're not going to talk about that scene because <laughs> it angers it, me. But like, <laughs> didn't do it. So well, no, he mean. shot her out of the ship. She forced. No, that was in. somebody else. Oh, okay. Yeah, he thought it was about it and he removed oh, his that's right. Yeah. That's right. And then it was. And a I different. think that's where it's like, if he if he <laughs> killed his mama, that's where you're like, okay, you're far gone. But you know, killing your papa, eh, whatever. Sorry, dad, I love you. <laughs> so. The other thing I wanted to point out in the trailer, and if this, this is the one thing I feel I'm almost absolutely right on of anything I've said. Um, there's a scene in this final trailer that shows a Star Destroyer coming up out of the water. Mm-hmm. And when you watch it three or four times, I kept rewinding that part. Mm-hmm. The Star Destroyer doesn't look like it's 
using jets or engines or anything to come out of the water. Huh. It looks like it's being pulled out of the water. Oh, so it's kind of like um, maybe taking some inspiration from Forced Unleashed. I don't know if you played that game. Yes, I did. Yeah. I was going back a little further, though, okay. because we've seen an X-Wing get pulled out of the water uh, yes, by Yoda. Yes, we have. And the same color lightning flashing around here was That's the so Emperor's cool. color lightning. Uh, yeah. So I no, think the I, Emperor I like is pulling a Star Destroyer yeah. out of Yeah, interesting. I, I see that. I, I see that. I think you're absolutely right. It's Luke. I think that Force Unleashed is like the inspiration. Mm-hmm. And then you, but the audiences haven't seen that. So, what's right. the justification? Mm-hmm. Well, Yoda said that there's, you know, weight has nothing to do with it. It's just your belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And the apprentice, um, in, in, I think it's Force Unleashed 2, he literally pulled the Star Destroyer out of yeah, the sky. Out of the sky. Yeah. 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 Made it yeah. It's, it's it's big. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Okay. I think what's going to make the Rise of Skywalker so interesting is that the space I feel- horses. Yeah. That's what it comes from. <laughs> it's always but, the creatures. Um, I feel like it's, I feel like for The Last Jedi, we kind of ended at Mark that was like, okay, I don't know where we're going to go from here. So I feel like something that will be really interesting for The Rise of Skywalker, it's going to have to be a freaking long movie. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like we're starting at a point where we don't already have an established plot. Mm-hmm. Things yeah. are kind of like, oh, like, I understand that we're we're fighting for something. You know, we have the resistance and everything like that. But we're like... We're not really, we don't have a sure footing of what's mm-hmm. going on. And then not just that, but then also having to address Carrie Fisher. Like, exactly. what do you do? They said that they're reusing scenes. They had stock footage that they had. That's concerning though, because that's where you throw in scenes that are already pre-existing and try to fit them in a story. Yeah. You got to kind of ride around. Unless, so it'll be really it be, interesting to see Unless how they the do story that. was always there. Yeah. They just. I don't think it was. I feel like Ryan Johnson kind of. Um, Fucked it up. <laughs> exactly like not i mean there's people that love it i mean i've kind of already made it clear that i am not a huge fan um i think that there's a lot of um disagreements amongst the creative it, mm-hmm. development for this film mm-hmm. so it'll be really interesting to see how they wrap everything up and try to kind of join forces and make everything make sense together because despite all of their disagreements when how they want to create the story they're going to have to make it work. Mm-hmm. They have to make it work and have everything be able to combine together as less loopholes and plot holes as possible. I feel like I can So it'll describe, be really interesting to see how they do it. I can describe the uh, the last trilogy based on the directors that did it. So the first director that, that did the first movie, Force Awakens, was like, you know you know what a good movie was? Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Let's just... <laughs> Let's just do that again. Pretty much, See, yeah. it worked, though. I love yeah. The Force Awakens. And then they were like, okay, Ryan, your turn. Try this. Ah, uh, Ryan fucked it up. Okay. JJ, can you come fix this, please? And that's, that's where <laughs> we're at. They need a Feige, right? I mean, but they, they have to make everything work together. So yes. when people watch this 10 years down the line, they watch it, and they won't be able to tell that all three of them were different directors. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I who's doing they that? they have to work together. Who's doing that? themselves they can't do it's that. all gonna that's, be it's all gonna but, be in the end that's what we can only hope but the see, skywalker hasn't come out yet te- we can only hope that it all technically they're but technically um when disney took things over they had a set group uh that consists of kathleen kennedy and george lucas I'm saying, no I'm <laughs> george lucas was pissed that <laughs> nobody used his shit but um god i'm drawing a blank on his name but he's one of like the main three as far as like (laughs) continuing the storyline and keeping the story within the sphere that they want to go in. And Mm -hmm. so technically all these people were supposed to 
help them make these movies and shape mm-hmm. it into a consistent story. So regardless of the creative differences with directors, I can only hope that they maintained that storyline that they had yeah. come together to create in the first I, place. I think the broad strokes yeah. were defined. I'm I, really I, hoping that the, that's why I said this in last week's episode that I feel like I can't imagine this being the final film. Yeah. Like, it, it just doesn't seem like we're getting ready for a climax. Like, but season eight for Game of Thrones, even, what we <laughs> talked about last episode, I was ge- I was mentally prepared for a climax. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm not mentally prepared for a climax here. I feel like I haven't had enough time to be able to develop feelings for these characters and understand their true motives. I understand the basics of what they believe and what they do, but I feel like I don't really, like understand see, the deep complexity of what's going on. But see, there. I wonder, though, like, thinking back to the original trilogy, like, would you feel that way about those characters? Like, because I do, though. I feel like Luke is an embodiment of hope. And that's why I felt like the last film threw me in for a loop. I was extremely confused. I was like, I feel like I don't know him anymore. Uh-huh. I knew him. I knew who he was for so long. And I feel the same way when it comes to Kylo. I can't predict what he's going to do. I can't predict what Ray is going to do. Can't predict what Poe's going to do, what Finn's going to do. I feel like I don't really understand. Like, I'm not confident in any of the characters in their direction well, where I get they're going. What I meant was, like, having experience the movies for the first time so like Mm -hmm. going and seeing star wars for the first time and being introduced to luke leia and han Mm -hmm. for the first time like would you still be confident in them as characters like if it was your first introduction to them that's hard to say that's (laughs) that's what i'm saying is like i wish i could i wish i could go back and watch them for the first time and have complete zero bias you know like i would love that i want to i want to get someone who's never watched star wars before to watch the originals and then watch the newer like watch the prequels watch the other one and see what they think i have an employee from nepal who had never Uh seen star wars and she didn't like them. So <laughs> maybe it's because she's Hindu. I don't know. However, I would say that there are more characters in the new movies mm-hmm. that are actually people. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the mm-hmm. original movies, most of the like characters are just kind of like, right? Like they're just one-offs. Like mm-hmm. uh, I think that Boba Fett has like two and a half minutes total. Mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. like, something really I, short. I mean, when you think about, um, gosh, Tall, beautiful, blonde lady. Um, <laughs> Captain Phasma? Yes. Same thing as Boba Fett, though. Yeah. I no, mean, absolutely. Like, so mm-hmm. so yeah. there's no... But there's more. There's more side characters. And there's more concurrent storylines going through the whole movies. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's enough time yeah. for mm-hmm. you to care about these people. Yeah, exactly. That's true, That's yeah. I maybe like, I'm just. Different. I thought this should be like five movies. <laughs> I, maybe I'm just different because I actually, uh, I actually attached to a couple of characters. Like, mm-hmm. I love Poe. I love Finn. And Why? I don't. I don't know. It's just I feel like I, I love I, I got Finn. Attached to him. I do love Finn. I think that Finn is probably the most established character, and um, I was. He certainly has the most interesting backstory. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's the one where you understand his motives and where he's going in the mm-hmm. direction. Poe, I feel like they keep making him into a fool. And I'm curious to see where he goes. In the but wasn't film. Han a cocky fool as well? Yeah. Like- exactly. But Han was right in the end. Ron, Han wasn't always proven wrong. 
for the benefit of another character. What I think is weird, when you look at the mega success of Marvel, Mm -hmm. which far eclipses anything they've done with Star Wars. Yeah. Right? Every movie, billion dollars. Every movie, Mm -hmm. billion dollars. So why did they rush to complete this trilogy instead of having the extra movies on the side that's where like feed I into still the story. in my heart like i feel like this isn't the end we're not this isn't the end of ray like but, what well, and it no, is they say that it is but yeah. in my brain i'm like oh no it can't be like i'm in denial about it you know well, i mean technically it's just the end of the skywalkers it's possible we could see ray again. yeah because if ray's not yeah. a skywalker boom it's hard to say until december <laughs> yeah, yeah i guess it, it's just it is it's a waste to not use any of these characters mm-hmm. exactly yeah I, they, they, I don't, I don't, because they know. have so much potential. Because even, but Kylo Ren has so much potential. He's but, such a cool character. But see, I think that this could be why they're putting the Skywalker saga to an end, so then they can focus on these other characters. I really that's what hope I. That's so. what I want. Yeah. I really hope the so. first fucking thing they should do after the Skywalker saga is over is work on Ahsoka because everybody wants yes. to see Ahsoka. And Ahsoka would be great. And then Mara Jade as well, because I like Mara Jade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's the thing, though. Mara Jade is, is going to get her own show or something like that. I don't know. They Wait, I thought that. that Mara Jade was proven to not be canon at all yeah, anymore since yeah. Sissy. No, now I thought she's literally like, oh, extended universe. Sorry, mm-hmm. it doesn't exist. It's fan fiction at this point. She, like, I was so upset by that. She <laughs> is, but they're bringing the character back in a new story, is my understanding. Oh, I got to look more into that. That's yeah. awesome. It might just be <laughs> fans hoping, but... Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> again, uh, this is now the second longest. longest. <laughs> I don't know if it's yeah, the alcohol or what. I don't it's know. fine, though. It's fine. That's yeah. what people are here for. Uh, Disney announced that Disney Plus content will be available to users even after it leaves, as long as the user or the subscriber downloads the content. Interesting. That Good is very know. interesting. Yeah. I'm so angry. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> Rich is not happy about that. I am so angry. Disney Plus is like paying. $600 copay for a, for a surgery that I need. I'm like, yeah, I'm happy I didn't have to pay $40,000. I only had to pay $600, $700, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to pay anything, right? <laughs> uh-huh. And I don't want to pay for Disney+. Plus. I want it all to be on my Netflix account where I'm happy watching things. I'm happy what it provides to me. Mm-hmm. I liked all the Disney stuff that was on Netflix. And here, what the heck? When Netflix says, hey, we're not going to renew the license for Friends, it's too expensive, so we're going to use that money to pay for another season of Stranger Things or whatever it is that they're doing. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they know how to do Okay, things. but why is Disney Plus going to take any content offline ever, ever? Mm-hmm. They own it all. Yeah. If Netflix told me, you better watch Stranger Things season one because it's going to go offline. I would be angry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I really hope that when Disney is talking about that, they're talking about the things that are a bit more, not necessarily 100% Disney rights. I hope that it's in regards to things that they're able to collaborate and borrow on, like The Simpsons coming over to Disney+. Plus. I really hope The Simpsons better be on there permanently. It's one of their top selling factors. But I mean, things that are kind of more of a collaboration for Mm -hmm. that. Buffy used to be on Netflix, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. Now it's on Hulu. Like, I think they're kind of saying sure. in regards to that form. I'm. But does Disney have anything that's not Disney? 
I I mean they have um National I would have to look it up. They have natural Gordon Ramsay's doing his whole entire TV show on there and it's not okay. necessarily with Disney, it's more yeah. so of his own personal production that he did on YouTube. They have and he's a, making that into I agree with scale. you on those things. Yeah, I think that's called, what they're talking regards to. I don't think they're talking about Moana. I don't think they're talking about Frozen. I think they're talking more so. I would have to do more research well, on that personally. Six months from now, when we're on a podcast uh-huh. and I'm raging about <laughs> them saying the world according on, the word world according to Jeff Goldblum is no longer on there because that has a show that's on there because it was a timed thing. If they put yeah. anything in a vault. Which I want them to just get rid of the word vault entirely they said because there's they no vault. The vault and there's there's no vault. I, <laughs> there's no vault. It's, it's fake. different because um, Disney has one of the smallest um, catalogs coming out to date, but it's also significantly cheaper than yeah. the other ones. The reason why I decided to go for Disney Plus, I'm canceling my Verve subscription because Ooh. I don't watch Oops. enough anime. Sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know watch, if that's watch criminal. But I, I, exactly. So like... <laughs> I watch. I really do enjoy enjoy Verve because it does carry most of Crunchyroll along with Funimation. It's like a combination plus Scooby Doo is awesome. But I'm <laughs> like, I, I don't watch enough anime to justify this, so I'm I'm switching over to Disney Plus because when I'm sitting down, because I'm more of a gamer, so when I have free time, I don't necessarily watch TV shows unless it's something that I really love, like Stranger Things, which you know I'll binge watch that, and then I got a year and a half of nothing to watch. So for me personally, I'll play more games. But when I'm like binging to watch TV, it's typically a Disney film. Yeah. So that's why I'm taking that kind let's, of leap. To let's pay not for forget all the Disney Marvel shows personally. that are coming mm-hmm. too. Yeah. I'm so, so happy many. you said something because I think I have about six days left of my free trial for Crunchyroll. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crunchyroll Plus or whatever it is, and you've never used it. And uh, I, I used it a little bit, but I'm going to cancel it because. Um, well, yeah, I'm still using enough. Verve right now to like watch Harmon Quest, which is a D and D show <laughs> with the creators of Rick and Morty. Yeah. Like I'm not even watching anime on it, so I'm not. I'm switching over. I would not cancel my Netflix. I don't pay for. I don't have Hulu or HBO. But like, if you have any of the above, I would not recommend canceling those. In mm-hmm. addition to, to to substitute them to have Disney Plus instead. Mm-hmm. But if you have something that is a smaller, like a small subscription, like Verve or like something that you don't really use that often, that's where I think that Disney yeah. Plus yeah. would be worth it for you. What my personal concern is that number one, because they're very intentionally not going after a binge kind of scenario right Mm -hmm. they want you to watch these things weekly and so people like me that i pay every month for netflix Mm -hmm. and i rotate my other subscriptions so i'm like oh i'm going to activate hbo for a month oh i'm going to activate cbs all access for a month i think they don't want people like me yeah, it's different. And, different strokes for different folks. Yeah, it, we're it, gonna be constantly enemies over this. <laughs> I mean, if if they want to say that the Mandalorian is gonna be gone mm-hmm. to try to encourage people to pay monthly, I'm gonna say, why don't you just do what Netflix does, which is release new content every mm-hmm. single month? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I keep Netflix because they have new content every oh, yeah. month. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see the course of how they go because. Their starting lineup is something that people are going to be able to complete within a month. So no, they're going to have to add new content what? relatively. No, quickly, they're not. A, like. They're not letting you binge anything. Oh, no, they I are. D- 
They are. There's certain. There's I'm some, talking about like movies, not necessarily the original oh. content shows. Oh. There's a lot of original content movies that are being. I find it so there. interesting, Think like Lady and the Tramp and stuff like that. Yeah, I find it so interesting that people that love Disney apparently don't already own those movies mm-hmm. because I don't get it. I'm like. Well, if you love it, why don't you already own Lady in the Tramp? Or why don't I you own already two own two copies of Stuff? They're making, when I said Lady in the Tramp, they're making a live adaptation. Like they're making films for Disney Plus that are just going to be on Disney Plus. So I'm saying that, like, okay. for the initial lineup of things that you can watch. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. There's going to be a Lady me, in the Trap live adaptation film that you'll be able to watch when it comes out. So they're making a Lady in the Tramp live action that's going to be in theaters. You're saying they're also going to make a different one? It's that's, not going to be in theaters. It's, it's just not going to be in the theaters. For, I, I, it's just for Disney+. I've Plus. never heard that before. Yeah. I'm almost positive it's not in theaters as well. well no. It's that, that the makes sense Lady in the Trap adaptation. Yeah. It's just going to be for hmm. that. Um, not to be confused, like I was very confused when I saw the trailer for yeah. the light of adaptation for The Little Mermaid. That was an ABC exclusive live no, play. No, it's not. I was extremely confused. There's that came two out. different that is not things. To be confused. There, yeah. There's still two different things. There is a live play that ABC is doing with Queen Latifah and, yeah. and all that stuff. They are still working on another actual live movie with something completely different that is not a play. It's also all of the Netflix Disney properties that are on there currently are not going to be moving to Disney Plus. So think of the movies that are currently. So Coco is not going to be on Disney Plus because it's on Netflix. So it's going to be. So so, yeah, I mean, eventually it will probably come off. Yeah, yeah. I'm mainly excited for Tangled. (laughs) 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 Like I have my certain things, but I think that Disney Plus is really going to have to add new content relatively quickly to be able to keep everyone's interest. Mm -hmm. I think they have a strong lineup, but we don't know what they're working on in the next year or so. Like I feel Mm -hmm. like that's where it's like this is worth it right now for the six dollars to be able to watch literally hundreds of hours worth of content Mm -hmm. but then like once that ends it's like well what else is there so it'll be really interesting to see what they roll out towards the end of the year and then early yeah absolutely i mean if you watch it on 1.5 speed then you can just they won't have that (laughs) (laughs) yeah anybody anybody like me that only watches new content primarily Mm -hmm. uh i i'm gonna pay disney plus yeah because i like marvel shows and i like um star wars shows so i will be paying until those shows run out, but they're going to run out in two months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd like so to- that's where I'm like, they got to add new stuff fast. And I feel like they're a smart company. They rule half the world. Like, I'm sure they'll think <laughs> of something. I really hope so. If not, yeah. then, I mean, $6, I'll just cancel it. Yeah. yeah. I, I like to point out, too, how crazy it is with Netflix and, and their original content and how often. Three months ago, neither you or I had heard about Raising Dylan. We yeah. never would have mm-hmm. said anything about it. But then we saw the trailer for it, and we're like, we need to fucking watch this. It's <laughs> a yep. good it show. So good. Yep. Uh, speaking of shows that were good or not, it doesn't matter because it's been canceled. Cloak and Dagger no longer is... Either of you like Cloak and Dagger? Yeah. Never heard of it. I don't think I've watched that one. You know the Marvel Comics origin of it? Cloak no. and Dagger? No. Uh, Cloak and Dagger is... One can't exist without the other. <gasps> it's uh, two people. They were made in the 80s. The girl is a blonde who has the power to create um, blades of, of light mm-hmm. that empower hope in people and make Aww. like the best version of them, I think. But okay. also she could like hurt people if she wants. <laughs> like lasers, I guess, maybe. And then um, she, her name is Dagger. And Cloak is a black kid. And they're both like addicts mm-hmm. in the inner city of, uh, I thought, New York City. But they moved them to New Orleans. Okay. And the black kid 
has a cloak and he can uh, inspire fear, like the greatest fears in people. Okay. And he can teleport. So the the com- the combination of the two is light and darkness and they um you know they have their own adventures in the comic books in the um in the show they explore police corruption where like the 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 kid is like an upstanding high school athlete his brother was killed by a crooked cop his dad or mother is a the mayor or some sort of local politician and it's super cool. And if you like New Orleans, like I do, like I, I go to New Orleans every couple of years. I love that city. I feel like it's a sister city of Las Vegas. And I just love the food. I love the, the climate, the culture. And it's a great show. But it's... Not great enough. Well, it's on... What's the... It's oh, Freeform? Freeform. Oh, it used to be ABC Family, yeah. right? Yeah. So it was kind of doomed. And uh, Cloak can't exist without Dagger, right? Like he needs her to stay alive. He needs her to stay sane. Okay. Otherwise, I think he can eat people. No. Like eat their minds because uh, he can bring them inside of himself and then they'll suffer nightmares. And that's a kind of a comic book thing. In the the show, they just help each other. They they basically give each other calm. Dagger is a, um, she's like a klepto drug person. Uh, I don't know. She's, she's really like a troubled teen. She like, uh, she's like a thief. Um, I don't know. She's super cool. Again, the quality of the show is good. It's not connected to the rest of the Marvel universe. I mean, it may technically be in some way, shape or form, but I think unlike the Arrowverse, where all these characters are are fully connected, uh, Cloak and Dagger, the Runaways, um, these these Marvel shows don't take advantage of their universe, yeah. and so you don't feel like there's any value yep. in uh, learning more about them. Yeah. yeah, unless you just really like the characters, which I do. But so next, um, have either of you or any of you seen Your Name, the anime? No. Okay. It's a movie. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a whole series. Fucking amazing movie. It will make you cry. It's so good. Well, the same creators that made Your Name also made another movie called Weathering with You. Mm-hmm. It's about a. I think it's a boy or a girl that can control the weather, and it's a whole romance story. Another one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gotten extremely high marks because Your Name was so good. Um, and it's already. It's been out already in Japan. Okay. Uh, we are finally getting an American release date of January seventeenth. And of course, because it's an anime, it comes with a Fathom special as well. Uh, 15th and 16th, they're doing a special Fathom event. Uh, I suggest everyone go see this movie. It's going to be amazing. I've seen the trailers. What's a Fathom special event? So Fathom is, I think it's at Regal? Yeah, Premiere is right now currently playing for them and they're going to be doing yep. it all the way until like they have show times going on in December so, because yeah. it was so successful. Fathom Special Events does stuff like that. And they do like concerts and stuff. Yeah, they, but they do the Philharmonic yeah. and they'll do um, once a month Ghibli movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll do uh, So right now plays. they're currently doing um, I believe that they're doing Spirited Away right yeah. now. Yeah. 
love like right now away. if you go into theaters you can go watch spirit yeah. away mm-hmm. in the theater so it's That's like my favorite more kind of like special events that mm-hmm. they'll redo every single year like you right. know you'll okay. see like the little special sign that's not like framed when you go into the theater it'll just be like a little standee and it'll show what's up mm-hmm. or like when you go to the like the pre-showing for when you go to the movie theaters they'll kind of like show what mm-hmm. they have going for it it's like the non-official movies that they show at the movie theater. yeah, yeah. The, okay um other than Princess Mononoke, because it's my girlfriend's favorite movie, and I love mm. seeing that with her in the movie theater, the best Fathom event I ever saw was they did the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who, the oh. episode in the Fathom event. Oh, that's cool. So it was yeah. cool to see the Doctor on the big screen. But and these are only Regal? I think it's only Regal. I don't remember specifically, but it's only one of the theaters. Mm-hmm. I okay. forget which one. I'm pretty sure it's Regal, though. Uh, but yeah, so a Fathom special event's coming up. But if you guys just want to see it, it's coming out uh, January 17th. It's going to be amazing. The artwork is amazing. The story looks great. I can promise you you're going to cry. Just go watch it. That'll be exciting. Yes. Uh, more Star Wars stuff. I'm sorry, but we have to talk about it. <laughs> but this one may be quick. Fallen Order is so close we can taste it. Tastes like amazing. Fallen Order at the time of recording is two weeks away. But the time of your listening, it's going to be next week. And Jedi Fallen Order looks amazing. Um, it might be one of the only games that saves EA. This <laughs> might redeem Bioware. Yeah, it, I'm hoping it does because I, I like hope Bioware. So I always have high hopes for this stuff because yeah. when it goes wrong, like no one wants these games to be bad. No, you know, like we want to have a good time. It sounds like yeah. a, an amazing but, premise. But when they do go bad, we will very, very yeah. quickly make fun of them. But it's just, <laughs> I mean, like all of the Bioware games for like five years have gone bad. Yeah. So. That's why cautious optimism. Yeah, cautious optimism. <laughs> and then Coop the uh, so optimistic. I, I love it. The final one, which was spoiled already, but it's okay because we're going to talk about it again anyways. Death Stranding is coming to PC <gasps> <laughs> in 2020. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's a little ways away, but it will be coming to PC, which is actually a big deal because until last week, we only knew that it was going to be on PlayStation and that was you it. Know, I wish that when it came to these releases, though, that they did it. At a roughly similar time, because yeah. I do feel like it does hurt sales. Mm-hmm. Well, no and matter what happens, out, PC sales will not be as great as they would have been if it came out. Well, and really yeah, soon. Rich, you pointed out it was kind of like a, a power play or some weird cash grab because for for Sony specifically, because now everybody pre-ordered this game on Sony because they knew it was coming, and then yeah. a week before it comes out, they're like, "Oh, by the way." If you want to wait a little Absolutely. bit, you mm-hmm. can get it on. It's like, what if you fuck? have a nice computer, you know that the game is going to run better on your PC. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Like, I know that, like, PC Master Race or whatever is, like, kind of a joke and everything like that. And it's like, I mean, it has, you're able to update your PC to be able to have the best graphics at the time that you have. Yeah. You cannot do that with Once they console. make a modular PS5 or PS6 or whatever, <laughs> then we can start. I know that about. nowadays consoles are eventually just going to become having your own pc yeah. basically mm-hmm. but it's like until then it's just it's unfortunate that you know now in your brain you know if i get death training now i'm going to be able to experience the story and have a blast mm-hmm. but i know it's going to look prettier on my pc oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh the final thing before we get into the final little bit of tomb raider is our secret link <gasps> it's an origin story of a meme you might have all seen the meme in your little GIF things when you're using it to message people. But this is the actual origin of the meme. Curious what I'm talking about? Go see. We're not going to say it. That's the whole point of a secret link, right, Ridge? That, I'm, so, I'm so impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Go look at the secret link. It's pretty funny. Uh, all right. We have four games and three movies to talk about. And mm-hmm. then the entire history of Tomb Raider is complete. 
pretty um, much. Ter- and our yeah. debate on whether or not Laura Croft is a suitable role, role. model. And, and that answer can change, right? Sometimes she can it be can. and sometimes she isn't. It can. So you know, okay. just like with humans, we just, all make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so now we're starting our, our romp into the 40,000 plus polygonal era. Or as I like to call it, the sexy Lara era. <laughs> when she actually has curves because they can do that now. But yeah. is, is she sexier because you can look at her and she looks like an actual real human? Or is she sexier when she looks like a vague shape of polygons? But you just imagine <laughs> what she must look like. You know, before we get into talking about Lara Croft, I have a question okay. for our other guest here. Okay. So... Ouch. Rumor has it that you are a real-life archaeologist. I am. That is incredible. Was that influenced at all by your love for Tomb Raider? In part, yeah. I mean, she's wearing a Tomb Raider shirt. I am wearing a Tomb Raider shirt. She has a braid, by the way. (laughs) I have a braid. My hair is inspired by Lara Croft. Um, Yeah, actually, I've always kind of wanted to do it. So, Mm -hmm. like, I started out initially being obsessed with dinosaurs and wanted to be a paleontologist Mm -hmm. and like i love jurassic park i mean that could also be influenced heavily by (laughs) tomb raider (laughs) because there are dinosaurs in that game or turok Um, if you want to go that far yeah (laughs) um and indiana jones you know a little bit influenced but when i was younger I wanted to be a paleontologist, but I wanted to be married to an archaeologist. I wanted to marry <gasps> Indiana so Jones. Romantic. But then I got introduced to Tomb Raider and was like, mm-hmm. wait, women can do this too? And then kind of from there, I got older, got introduced to different things through school, like learning about other cultures and ancient history. And I'm like, this is really interesting. And then I became more involved with Tomb Raider like I was actually old enough to really enjoy the games and I was like you know what screw marrying an archaeologist I'm gonna be the archaeologist and here I am that's awesome I think the more important question we have is what artifacts of power have you found so far (gasps) if I told you I have to kill you speaking of artifacts (laughs) of power um we were trying to I had some fun facts written down on this one kind of spread them out over too uh, there is an actual Ark of the Covenant in Laura Croft's house yeah, in lore. We actually missed the because this yeah. pertains to last week's episode. So actually, in the first Tomb Raider game from 1996, there is a training level that takes place at her home. And in the main foyer, she has all these crates, and she apologizes. Sorry for the mess. But in the corner near the front door is the Ark of the Covenant. And you're like, where'd she get that? <laughs> Last time I saw that, it was in a warehouse. Yeah. And it was melting people's faces off. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> and there's actually um, fun fact, too, that there is another callback to Indiana Jones in uh, the fourth game, Last Revelation, where it, in it's basically like a training level. And this is where she gets her iconic backpack. And she basically steals it from a skeleton with a bullwhip and a fedora. Oh, I love it. Yeah, so pretty cool. That's That's awesome. Yeah. All right, so let's get into this one. Um, I think all of us have played this one. I know, Rich, you hadn't played some of the old Tomb Raiders, but I think all of us have played this one. And I want to point out right when we start that... um, 
the Tomb Raider games had a certain level of violence before this mm-hmm. one that mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like they ever went past. I mean, yeah, you killed some people. There were six total deaths in the first game, so it wasn't a lot. Um, and it didn't seem like it was that, you know, gruesome or violent. Mm-hmm. You're just a Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. You're just walking around. Well, we get to the 2013 Tomb Raider, and five minutes in, you're already grimacing because there is a brutal scene at the very beginning mm-hmm. of this game mm-hmm. when she uh, falls... She gets knocked out of the boat. She gets on the island and she falls down um, a little hole and she gets a pipe or some tree or something like that. Goes through She's her. She's trying to escape. Yeah. She's tied up and she sets herself on fire to free herself, therefore causing her to fall yeah. and, and get absolutely impaled. Impaled, impaled yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's, you're like five minutes in, 10 minutes into the game. You're like, holy mm-hmm. shit, that was brutal. Yeah. It's actually really, um, it's kind of, it, it's hard to imagine now because mm-hmm. with um, aging graphics, it doesn't seem that intense. But when it comes to like the mood and the feeling that you got from the original Tomb Raider, it's kind of similar to how you would feel now. Yeah. The original Tomb Raider had a much more kind of like serious tone. Whenever you would die, it would be a bit more graphic. And then in the second Tomb Raider, when you would pass away, it would kind of just like fade into black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a little bit of a homage mm-hmm. to the yeah, original mood of oh crap mm-hmm. kind of mood set but with really really fancy new graphics it's mm-hmm. definitely really really intense now mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> okay so the story in this one was she's looking for something again so well that's what she's always, <laughs> yeah, doing. She's always doing but this one this one basically restarts her story again mm-hmm. so in last week's episode you know, we talked about the originals, and then we talked about the first reboot, which was Legend Anniversary and Underworld, which kind of restarted her story. Yeah. But it but was she, still the original she, Lara Croft. Yeah, it was she, still the same person. A little bit. And it's like, like yeah. <laughs> a different backstory, her parents and all that crap. But um, this was basically starting from the very beginning, like mm-hmm. Lara Croft before she was a Tomb Raider. So, you know, even with that first reboot she was already a seasoned tomb raider she knew what she was doing she was confident and just kicked butt Mm -hmm. this one she is a college student she's a college student yeah and she's on this expedition with some friends and with people that worked with her father and they're basically out to find this lost island called yamatai and what I really like about these new games is they really spent more time with the mythology and with actually looking at mm-hmm. the culture. They spent more time with everything. Yeah. Uh, the mechanics of the game, too. They mm-hmm. oh, my, oh, my God. So it was it is more now like an RPG than it ever was before. Mm-hmm. You have experience points. You can get skills and stuff. Mm-hmm. And man this, it was cool how you could just i think it's so amazing because it's like yamatai you can imagine being at a real place yeah mm-hmm. yeah it, it, it was really reminiscent with i am a sucker i don't even know how to explain this vibe and mood it reminds me of skull island from peter jackson's king Kong. yeah it does and i love that mood when you get a little bit of like 1940s mixed in with just like the ancients mm-hmm. and it's just it's such a unique take like there isn't an actual like word for that kind of like mood set it's not like you know i get like steampunk and things like that there's not a word for this mm-hmm. but it's there mm-hmm. and it's a complete vibe and mood that completely works for that game and instantly captivates you and yeah. makes you want to learn more about yamatai it, mm-hmm. it definitely feels several decades older 
which is very interesting because she's it's like it's almost like she's going a little bit back in time yeah well i think she's falling into a place that is completely untouched by civilization Mm -hmm. well but what's interesting is it's kind of like if you look at the mythology of like the bermuda triangle this is kind of what yamatai is this is a place Mm -hmm. where Crazy shit happens. Crazy shit happens. <laughs> yeah. Planes have crashed here. Ships have rocked. Unexplained here. And phenomenon. And the mythology around it is that um, the goddess uh, Himiko, I think is her yes. name, that she was able to control the weather and storms and that she's the one that caused all of these planes and all of these ships to mm-hmm. crash here. Basically here. to be able to find more sacrifices. Yeah. And so... That's where you get that kind of blending of old and new mm-hmm. because you have different errors that all ended up here. And so you find stuff from like World War Two, and you find stuff from feudal Japan. Mm-hmm. And there's even references to what they were going to do for Rise and Shadow that you find mm-hmm. that are very, very small notices that are mm-hmm. journals talking about um, – literal like actual extremely important plot points Mm -hmm. when it comes to trinity that you'll just find in a random journal Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. tomb raider 2013 i always love that too when they do that when when they force you to read the game or read read stuff about the story of the game in not outside the game but in Mm -hmm. the game Mm -hmm. when you can go through that it's fun but it's funny because it depends on the mood Mm-hmm. If it's Tomb Raider, I'll go through and read all those stories because mm-hmm. I want to know what the hell is going on. What I love about Tomb Raider 2013 is that it has voice acting. Yes, one of the it does. Yeah. Shadow does not. It's just Lara Croft reading them out yeah. loud, and that mm-hmm. upset me because I think it took away the immersion. Yeah, it yep. did. And then if you were to go to Doom, Doom has manuals in there about. Well, I don't fucking read those. Mm-hmm. I just know I, I love I, I love the the audio tapes yeah. in Doom. They were at least Doom yep, a couple yeah. years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I want audio. I want to play the game while listening to mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. I, I would I like think... to point out Bioshock was the first one to successfully do that. I love Bioshock. It's one of my favorite <laughs> games of all time. Oh, we could but do a whole series about Bioshock. I, I want to. I invite myself to the Bioshock. <laughs> <laughs> but when it comes down to like when, earlier, one of our biggest questions of what makes Lara Croft a role model or a hero, what makes her the most difference between original Polygon Lara Croft and now is that original Lara Croft had a choice. She sought out adventure. Mm -hmm. This Lara Croft, when you get introduced into 2013, she doesn't believe her father. Her Mm -hmm. father's like, there is so much more out there in the Mm -hmm. world and the unknown. There is literal like mythical things happening. Mm -hmm. Lara Croft's like, that's, it's a myth. It's nothing Mm -hmm. more than a myth. Mm -hmm. And she's thrown into the scenario where she is in denial. Mm -hmm. These things are not real. This Mm -hmm. is not happening. She is now... The only thing she can do is survive. Mm -hmm. So the only thing that she can depend on is herself, who knows who's going to betray her, everything like that. So it's literally like we were talking earlier in last week's episode about Lara Croft hitting rock bottom when it came to Angel of Darkness. Mm -hmm. That's nothing in comparison Uh, to this. mm -hmm. She is truly hit rock bottom. I'd like to point out she literally hit rock rock bottom. bottom. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when it comes down to being a hero, she is not even at that level yet when it comes to 2013, mm-hmm. when it comes to the beginning of the story. Your only goal for the first couple hours of the game mm-hmm. is yeah. to just save Don't your just survive. Yeah. <laughs> and people that you meet, they're unreliable. Mm-hmm. You don't know who to trust. Even mm-hmm. when it comes to um, one of my favorite characters, I can't... Re- 
believe that I'm not remembering his name. And he's like, you're a Croft Laura. And Laura's like, oh, I'm not that kind. He's amazing. He's the only person that you can trust. But Mm -hmm. even then, you are so suspicious of everyone that you meet. Mm -hmm. You're like, is he going to betray me too? Mm -hmm. It's one of those kinds of games. So Mm -hmm. it's like, Laura Croft isn't necessarily, she's not the Tomb Raider yet. And that's what I think that made 2013 so special Mm -hmm. is that it really was a true origin story Mm -hmm. of... It's it's a did coming she, of age story. Did she even raid any tombs in the first Tomb Raider? They're they <laughs> they were yeah they were optional. It wasn't a requirement. Um, it didn't they, bother they me in 2013 yeah. though because it's literally we're gonna we're gonna talk about this more when we go into Rise and Shadow mm-hmm. and why it would bother us more. So to not have Tomb Raider be as much of a foundation, I think 2013 gets kind of a pass because it is a true origin story. Mm-hmm. Of course, she's not gonna just run in and be like, mm-hmm. "All right, I'm ready to explore." Mm-hmm. Like. Also, this is who she... She's not the Tomb Raider yet. Yeah. She's also, getting there. Lara Croft and the sexy girl who got stuck in an island and needs to survive is a really long title, and so Tomb Raider just works better. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and it's recognizable. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And it's who she is. Like, yeah. she is becoming that, you mm-hmm. know? Like, you're not... The skill tree, she's... though, in this game is what, what made me... What drove me to play it. Mm-hmm. Anytime there's skill trees, I, I use... Because it's an RPG for me, mm-hmm. and that, that just... And I think that's something that really made this so much different than the past Tomb Raider games is that they really tried to make it different and more than just Mm -hmm. being puzzle-based. They wanted to kind of add different elements of different kinds of games to where kind Mm -hmm. of would draw in more yeah, people yeah, yeah. not I just people that, that like tomb if you raider. grew up with tomb raider you see the similarities mm-hmm. there are certain fights that happen in 2013 that are pretty much a recreation of original fights in the games when you fight the wolves mm-hmm. oh yeah it's just it's so cool that you get little homages and stuff like mm-hmm. that that happen into it um going into more in depth for like the weaponry you use i'm we should have talked. I can't believe we didn't even talk about dual pistols. Oh, last yeah, week's that's episode. like her trademark. Absolutely yeah. iconic. And Lara Croft doesn't have that anymore. No, she, she does not. She has a bow and, and arrow. And if you want to. Dual get... pistols is confidence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bow is survival. Yeah. Bow is yeah. also. I'm going to shoot you. In the... No. Um... This was created. There's speculation that it was inspired by the Hunger Games, which, you know, I, I think it was. I yeah. think it was. And that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good thing because it's kind of going into the more of what I need to do in order to survive mm-hmm. and take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And because this game did so well, I think I want to point out around this time, I think, I'm trying to think of the development time and when it would take, I think it's around this time that another team picked up a game and took heavy inspiration from Tomb Raider and went on to make probably, at least in my opinion, arguably one of the top five games of PlayStation 4 all time. And that was Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, yeah. yeah. They that, play almost exactly the same. Yeah. Even when mm-hmm. you go down, like, uh, you have, like, a rope yep. that connects you one to the area. It says, I've actually never beaten Horizon Zero Dawn, because whenever I play it, this sounds bad, because it's a fantastic game. Whenever I play it, it makes me crave playing Tomb, Tomb Raider, Raider too much. <laughs> that I'm but like, all right, you, I gotta yeah, stop. I gotta play, play Tomb Raider. Did you get yeah. to the end, though, of Horizon Zero you didn't know I, I the story. Didn't, I didn't. I only got to the part after, um, I got slightly after the trials, and you have that giant giraffe thing, and you have to get to the top of it. That's how far I got, and I got, I was, like, thinking, I want to be Lara Croft again, because I, <laughs> I would, I would so love... So I had to leave. I'm gonna beat it again. Like, I will beat Horizon Zero yeah. Dawn at some point. It's, it's the story, like, okay, the game mm-hmm. is super fun, and, like, you have mechanical, like, animals and stuff, mm-hmm. like, half, half machine half animal but the story once you get to about three quarters of the way through 
shit starts happening and you just start putting together stuff in your head and you're like, mm-hmm. no way this is happening. And yeah, it's happening. Everything that you think, it's just, oh, the story's so good. Yeah, <laughs> it is absolutely phenomenal. I will be playing. What I need to do is I need to replay Tomb Raider 2013 again and then play Horizon Zero Dawn immediately after yeah. instead of Horizon <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Uh, so then we move on to Lara Croft and the Temple of Osiris. So I would, 2013 Tomb Raider, issue role model by the end of it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. She mm-hmm. has the choice because she gets to that point where she realized that her father was telling the truth. Mm-hmm. In her mind, she's still thinking, now she's filled with guilt. My father killed himself because no one believed him. Mm-hmm. She feels immense guilt. And now she feels like she needs to literally make up for it she needs to prove that her father was right Mm -hmm. because proving that her father was right means that his death wasn't for nothing is basically what's going on in her brain and in the end she needs to make a sacrifice to be able to put away her pride and her guilt towards her father for the greater good she needs to accept that the world balance is more important than her own strife that she has and guilt that she has with her past so i think Huh? Let's also not forget too, like the literal. Um, she was, you know, held down by all these big, strong men, and she manages to kill fucking everyone yeah. that gets in her well, way. Well, it's funny. There's actually a meme that somebody created for um, one of the really iconic moments in Tomb Raider 2013, where she kills somebody for the first time, and it's like, you know, really she's tied. She's yeah. she's tied up and. You know, there's a lot of implications that they're going to rape her and all kinds. And she manages to get this guy's gun and basically blows his head off. Mm -hmm. And she's so distraught and, you know, mortified. Oh, my God, I just killed somebody. But then it's like immediately you're into game plans like kill everybody. (laughs) And so it's like I personally like I get why people make fun of it. Uh But in my head, I'm like. A big thing with Lara Croft's personality when it comes mm-hmm. to the reboots is that she sees something that is absolutely impossible. And mm-hmm. every single time she mm-hmm. goes, she takes a deep breath mm-hmm. and she's like, okay. And she does it. And mm-hmm. I feel like after she killed the first person, mm-hmm. she's like, well, okay. And, also, and then she just goes yeah. crazy. I feel well, like she does that to everything yeah. that goes well, into obstacles. And these these new games were more driven around the survival aspect. And mm-hmm. so you kind of get the really humanistic aspect from her in this case that at some point your adrenaline kicks in. You've just Mm. killed somebody and you're in the middle of a dangerous situation. Your adrenaline's in high gear. What else are you going to do? You have to fight your way out of the situation. So you go ahead and just kill everybody. Like... (laughs) That's what she does. Yeah. Real life archaeology, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what she, it's it's time. I, mean, I know all the good when hiding go, spots for bodies. So. You make sure to bring your dual pistols. Yes. <laughs> a lot of people like to poke fun of it and say that it's kind of unrealistic for Lara to do that. But when I think it comes down to it when it comes to that unfortunate side of humanity. That is, no, you, you can, unfortunately, as much as we don't like to believe it, mm-hmm. you can become numb to those things mm-hmm. extremely quickly yeah. when mm-hmm. it comes to your survival. Absolutely. And it's kind of taking, um, it's literally getting you in touch with that dark mm-hmm. side and understanding mm-hmm. Lara mm-hmm. as a whole, that she does care about humans mm-hmm. and she does love them and she doesn't want to hurt them. Mm-hmm. But if she, if they're going to hurt her, then... She and her, 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 her anybody she cares yeah. about because yeah. like what i think 
is also really interesting about these games is they put a greater focus on her friends. Yeah. Whereas in the older games and even they touched upon it a little bit in uh, like the legend era of reboots. Um, but she's always been very much alone and her relationship with other people has been very minimal. Like yes. there's not a whole lot of friendship or any companionship. It's always very just to the side, not really yeah. that important. And here you really see how other people really played a role in her life and in her development as yeah. a person and as a hero. I wonder if that's um, telling that some of the best versions of each game's franchise mm -hmm. is when they start adding friends and companions because mm -hmm. it feels like the late 90s early 2000s most characters most protagonists mm -hmm. were alone mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I and mean, laura was alone for an awfully yeah. long time mm -hmm. um and really you can look at all kinds of different games whether it's even like god of war or mm -hmm. um, infamous yeah spider-man like when you start having other people to care about and talk to mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think it's actually good for society as a whole mm -hmm. that yeah. young kids who feel alone right because mm -hmm. the teenage years is rough for most of us mm -hmm. yeah and i think it kind of creates a nice balance when it comes to laura killing more than she ever has before in mm -hmm. any previous game and very quickly now too. she's doing mm -hmm. it for a cause basically yeah it's yeah. Not, not just, just for, for her. survival but at the end like mm -hmm. the first half of the game it's just for survival, survival. Uh -huh. you climb a radio tower and mm -hmm. that's where the entire game switches mm -hmm. it's about saving her friends mm -hmm. and literally instead of it's not so much about protecting her father's pride mm -hmm. it switches and she has to make that choice to i need to protect my friends exactly. i need to get out of here mm -hmm. like i need she, to save them i need to yeah. drop my pride i need to get i need to get shit done she <laughs> killed her first person and then an hour later she's killed her first 20 people and then <laughs> and she's a serial killer <laughs> <laughs> it's such a well thought out game mm -hmm. and i what i love the most like when we go on and going into rise i think rise is literally almost equal in my opinion mm -hmm. when it comes to storyline and it just literally just perfects the mechanics of the game mm -hmm. and just makes it better um she's still she's still the same laura it makes sense she's still struggling with some of the same issues mm -hmm. that she has and she carries those issues that she has with her father and her mother on to rise mm -hmm. so do you guys want to finish off the trilogy before we move on to just the side games because technically, uh, Temple of Osiris is before Rise, but I'm happy to go Rise and then Shadow. If yeah. you guys, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that That's would be fine. better yeah. for when it comes to foundation. Just so people at home mm -hmm. like, and because they're yeah. kind of separate things. Because Temple yeah. of Osiris is basically a sequel to Guardian of Light. Mm -hmm. um, they're the yeah. same type of game. But Relic Run is totally just, just Relic like, Run is yeah. completely different, and yeah. <laughs> at this point, Lara Croft is still like. She's absolutely iconic. She's amazing. She's a hero, but it's a more relatable hero. Mm -hmm. It's something that it's not who we strive to be, which is original Laura Croft. We're like, I want to be her. I see myself in mm -hmm. her as my yeah. best version of myself. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, I'm having a really hard time in my life. And so is Laura. Yeah. Type of thing. And um, we can't, you can overcome. So, so, so describe Rise a little bit. So Rise basically takes place thing it's only been like a year maybe since it's a it's a full year later yeah uh, after the events of yamatai and it, it's clear that 
Lara is struggling. She doesn't know who to trust. Mm -hmm. She has become obsessed with figuring out what Trinity is, what they're up to. She's, you know, really trying to figure out what happened to her father. Mm -hmm. Like, in the first game... I'm going to rewind that just a little bit. Because I think that the everything that happens in Syria and right before when you're up the mountains mm-hmm. with um, Jonah mm-hmm. aren't really about Trinity just yet. I feel like it's not until well, the scene where you're in Syria where it comes to that. I feel true. like a year later, Lara is overly confident and cocky mm-hmm. now that she's like, Ooh, I found out that my father was right. Now I'm going to prove that he was mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So she goes in and she's like, I am going to find the exact artifact that my father was going to, and I'm mm-hmm. going to prove to the world mm-hmm. that he was right all along. Mm-hmm. So she becomes fixated and obsessed because she has that confidence, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's almost like an she's overly confident yeah. now that she is now obsessed with proving because she wasn't able to do that before. She had mm-hmm. to make that sacrifice in the previous game in order to save humanity, basically. Mm-hmm. Now she's like, Saved humanity. I don't owe them nothing. I'm going to go do what I want and rise mm-hmm. now. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert. She doesn't get to do everything that she wants. She has to make some hard decisions yeah. again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's clear that because things are kind of when you start the game, they're a little out of order, you know, starting things at a certain point and mm-hmm. then picking up afterwards. Um, but I feel like they they hinted at certain things in... To murder 2013, but they didn't really get into the meat of it until Rise. And a lot of that had to do with her father and what happened to her father. And there's this understanding in uh, the 2013 game that he died. Clearly something bad happened, but you don't actually know that he committed suicide until Rise. And that basically he was set on proving something Mm -hmm. and was basically made a laughing stock. He, everybody thought he was crazy. His name was smeared through the mud. And the implication is that it all got too much. And so let me just go ahead and off myself. And mm. Lara witnessing that and then suffering the trauma of that. Um, one thing I don't know whether or not you know about this or if you have any thoughts about it. When the game, before the game came out, there was a lot of, um, part of like the early trailers and the publicizing of it was actually having her deal with the trauma of Yamatai, like actually going through post-traumatic stress and that type of thing. And I feel like that leaving that out in the final product negatively impacted rise and i don't know if you Mm -hmm. agree with that at all i think that it negatively impacted shadow okay i think that rise kind of like made sex when you get adrenaline and you get like i'm gonna do this Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. where you kind of like throw away the negative implications Mm -hmm. because you're so desperate for to escape Mm -hmm. i feel like in rise laura was she wanted to escape she was making rash decisions she Mm -hmm. was putting jonah in danger Mm -hmm. because she was trying so hard to get away from her trauma that's true so i feel like in rise it was a understandable um course of actions that she took like i feel like it was i was able to understand her emotions okay. of being because when i'm in trauma mm-hmm. personally i try everything i can to escape from it i run and i act as happy as i can like i can do this mm-hmm. when i'm falling apart inside mm-hmm. and when i played rise because 
understanding everything that happened in 2013 and mm-hmm. seeing like the ending where she gets on the ship and everything like that. It's like, I I can, I can see why this would happen the way that it yeah. was. Which makes sense. Yeah. So I, I don't know the numbers particularly, but I think of the three in the trilogy, this was the least well-received. Not because of the story, though, but because Xbox. there mm-hmm. was some other shit going on. Yeah, so when they first decided to release this game, they signed a deal with Microsoft to make the game Xbox exclusive. Mm-hmm. And this pissed off a lot of yeah. Tomb Raider fans. Well, I, was, I, I it, cried. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me really too. But here's, here's the clincher, though, is they never once mentioned that this was a timed Microsoft no, exclusive. they didn't. They. I think it was kind of sudden last minute when they did mm-hmm. it because they actually, Tomb Raider, despite all of 2013 success, Square Enix actually lost money based off that game because it was such an expensive game yeah. to make. Mm-hmm. Um, they still ended up losing money and I think that they literally signed the contract with Microsoft mm-hmm. to try to make ends meet mm-hmm. for that yeah, game. Yeah. yeah, which is understandable. But I mean, again, a timed exclusive is now they will say this like e- e3 this game is a timed exclusive mm-hmm. which means you know okay if you want to play it first you get this system if you just want to play it eventually then mm-hmm. you can wait mm-hmm. but they never once mentioned that it no. Was a no they exclusive. did not no they didn't a lot of people yeah laugh. i was i was so sad there yeah, were, me too because there I was, were actually a lot of people that refused they said yeah i'm done this is it like screw you guys i'm not gonna do this it made it into a 500 dollars game Basically, yeah. mm-hmm. um, not only for people who didn't already have Xbox. Yeah, <laughs> me. <laughs> um, the the good news though, it did have seven million sales. I I saw that right right here. Um, and the more interesting thing was the player feedback. It was well received with the people that actually played it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because it did seem like they took some advice from the previous game and they mm-hmm. you know they added in, like they reduced the number of quick time events they mm-hmm. added more puzzles and more challenges which mm-hmm. is the whole point mm-hmm. of tomb raider and they also added um there was what i love about rise so much and i know that there's so much controversy a lot of people that i know that are tomb raider fans don't like rise as much as i do and i adore that game yeah, personally it it's has, my favorite out of yeah, the three yeah i think that it took in it had the most interesting outfits it had Mm -hmm. a fantastic dlc it took things from the original tomb raiders and literally put so much love and added it into this current game now Mm -hmm. so like when it comes to like they brought the bear yes bear fight came back and what i love about rise is that enemies respawn Mm -hmm. (laughs) so every time you go to re-explore an area Mm -hmm. the enemies are aware that you're there Mm -hmm. it's so cool so like when you go over to um there's like this facility that used to be an old prison if you go back there to explore again you can eavesdrop and hear them talking shit about you Mm -hmm. being like she was here before she's gonna come back Mm -hmm. that does not happen in shadow spoiler alert (laughs) if you go to explore an area in shadow and try to retrack and look at it later Mm -hmm. it's going there's no one there yeah and rise literally put into account there's so much dialogue i think that's one of the strongest suits about rise is Mm -hmm. that everything interacts with you Mm -hmm. you go in there's a new shop mechanic where you can upgrade and buy really really Mm -hmm. nice items that you couldn't get in the original game that would make your just game experience more convenient Mm -hmm. so like there's this one thing originally you would have to climb up a rope there's this thing that you can purchase in rise that makes it so you can just just fly up the rope and the guy, when you walk in, he will be extremely paranoid because he's like, if people see me with you, 
I'm going to die. And I think it's so cool as the game progresses mm-hmm. and things get more tense as Trinity's looking more and more after you, he becomes more and more paranoid. Mm-hmm. I think just little attentions to detail like that is what makes Rise so, like, it's a real world. Mm-hmm. Like, you feel mm-hmm. like you actually understand where each character's coming from. This definitely, this Rise definitely probably was the high point of maybe all of Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it took the best of both worlds. Yeah. And which is, is, is a shame because of the time exclusive, it, it just killed it. Yeah. If it hadn't been timed, it but, probably was. But this is the thing copies. is that I think that after they realized the mistake they made, and they're like, oh shit, okay, we got to do PlayStation. They realized, oh, well, okay. If we release the PlayStation version the next year, it'll be the 20th anniversary. So we will make the PlayStation version, this big thing comes where, with a little mini art book where yeah <laughs> yeah it, it's gonna be a special edition and will appease all of the playstation fans you know that have been playing tomb raider on playstation mm-hmm. since 1996 and we'll include all this extra downloadable content mm-hmm. there's new skins where you can which, play which meant oh but xbox owners get wrecked because you don't get all that well stuff. no they still got it <laughs> yeah but, but you had to pay for it. You had to pay they for it. They yeah. didn't pay for like a separate DLC. They do Tomb Raider. They also did it with Shadow. It's actually yeah. coming out, I believe, next month. But they do um, definitive editions. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the Croft edition mm-hmm. for Shadow, mm-hmm. and it comes with kind of like everything. And um, for Rise, it's actually the you know the version that we both probably mm-hmm. got for both PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Is um, it came with all the DLCs immediately. Yeah. So it was actually funny. The first time I played Rise, there's a. Um, Yabu Baga. Yabu I did not realize that, that was the best DLC ever. It was yeah. so fun. Mm-hmm. When I first played it, I didn't even realize it was DLC. It was a, I thought it was a side mission because mm-hmm. I just played it yeah. with yeah. for the Definitive mm-hmm. Edition. It was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. So, yeah, basically everything that the Xbox players got as DLCs, we got in just a full package. Yeah. And so even it just more so, came with the game rather than beating the entire game and then just going into like weird DLC chapters mm-hmm, after. Yeah, it just mm-hmm. it made it more fluid. Yeah, and even more salt into the wound. I think it was. I think it was the 2013 Tomb Raider. I don't think it was Shadow. No, it's not Shadow because mm-hmm. it was one of the. I, oh, see, I don't know, but one of them did come out as a PlayStation Plus game. So not only did you know PlayStation get the better edition after a year, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. now they got it free. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I think, didn't, I I think that. that was 2013. I think it was I think what yeah. ended up getting released as PlayStation uh, Plus. Lara Croft, when it comes down to Rise, they still kind of bring back that um, struggle that Lara has with her parents and mm-hmm. wanting to figure out where they are. And there's mm-hmm. a huge focus on basically shadows in her past. And I think that for the second game in a row, it still works. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still, like, understandable why she would be struggling and she still has to make sacrifices and choices right. that necessarily won't make her have the perfect life, but mm-hmm. it'll improve the quality of life overall. Right. But it also, like, gave a bit more background. Like, it talked a bit more about her parents and, like, the role they mm-hmm. played and kind of the dynamic and everything mm-hmm. and um, why it was so devastating for the events that happened to happen. And at this point, Lara Croft is still like each game, all three games for the reboots are all like when it came down to their advertisement, every single one is she's going to become the Tomb Raider. This is her defining moment. moment. Yeah, exactly. And Rise did the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. And then you're just like, okay. 
Rise, <laughs> I believe, achieved that yeah. when it came down to the final boss. What I love so much when mm-hmm. you fight the boss, you get to choose mm-hmm. whether or not you let the main antagonist live or die. Yeah. I chose to let them live. Mm-hmm. And it was the best line that I have ever heard. The best voice acting. Mm-hmm. She did such a phenomenal job at Lara Croft and Rise. Her best acting, hands down. She's in Grey's Anatomy now. She does a great job. Mm-hmm. She's incredible, Camilla. But this game, she is so good. Mm-hmm. And it literally, I remember when I was playing that moment, I got goosebumps. Mm-hmm. I had to put the controller down. She says something along the lines of, uh, she goes like, you're not worth it. And mm-hmm. she says it in the most just like ravaging voice. Mm-hmm. Or you can choose to literally shoot him in the head. You can choose to shoot him with the bone. Mm-hmm. Each, every single time, every way you try to kill the boss, it has a different thing. Mm-hmm. And it messes with Laura's personality. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that makes it so cool in Rise because you made the Tomb Raider mm-hmm. in Rise. Mm-hmm. You chose what her final moment was. Mm-hmm. You chose what brought her to where she is. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think Rise is and then they the best. threw it all away in exactly. Shadow. <laughs> I'm so happy you feel that way. I mean, I'm I, so I happy. like... I like Shadow, but I don't like it. Yeah, let's move into it. Let's we'll yeah. start Shadow. Shadow came out in 2018, and mm-hmm. this is the final game that we have right now. This was yep. supposed to be her defining moment. Yep. She's now now the it's her now. defining moment. Mm-hmm. I personally think that she earned that right in Rise. Yeah. Yeah. I think that she became the Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. Then you go into the advertising for Shadow, which came suspiciously too soon. When they mm-hmm. announced the game... They announced it, and the game came out less than a year after mm-hmm. they announced that they yeah. were working on it. Yeah. And that was the first red flag yeah. right there. And I mean, and also, they now had a different company. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crystal Dynamics was no longer working on it. They Eidos were- Montreal, right? Yeah, Eidos Montreal took over the helm of actually developing the game because Crystal Dynamics was working on the new Avengers, Avengers game. And so that took priority, and they're like, okay. Yeah, which is... Still not out yet. Yeah, and so it's like, okay, we'll give it to them because Indos Montreal did the other two games, mm-hmm. the uh, Guardian of Light and Temple of Osiris, and I think they also did the mobile games like Lara Croft Go and Relic Run. And so they're like, okay, we'll give you guys a shot. And what I appreciate is they tried very hard to please everybody. Um, they, they really wanted to kind of honor the classic games. They wanted to kind of make it more about tombs and Mm -hmm. more about puzzle solving and not so, uh, combat driven. Mm -hmm. And which I appreciate because it, the combat after a while and both the 2013 game and rise got very boring like it mm-hmm. to a certain point it was just like Ugh, this again like do i really and and one thing i know i don't know if you noticed this or not but the the end level of rise basically was just a copy and paste of the end level from 2013 i can see that when everything kind of like you have a bunch of realism and then shit hits the fan and all of a sudden everything's mythical and just like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was like certain things that happened, like, <laughs> sorry. Bless you. I should have muted myself. <laughs> <laughs> the one time the cough button was going right. to I'm sorry. Hey, it's a cough button, not a sneeze button. That's true. <laughs> but so, uh, the, 
there's where she's sneaking around and there's the like immortal type creatures or whatever marching down the hallway. It's like literally copy and paste. It happens mm. again in Rise and then I think some of the combat it kind of is happens the, same. the same thing in um Shadow, but instead of you actually interacting and doing things, it's just you're kind of forced in a straight I mean, line till the final battle. I guess. <laughs> but I don't know. I guess we'll have to agree to disagree on yeah. that one. But um I totally lost my train of thought. So you're oh, saying that the combat mm-hmm. was very, it just got old after a while. And I know that a lot of other people kind of agreed with that. That's like, I want the option to make the puzzle aspect more difficult and challenging, yeah. but then go light on the combat. And this is something that I thought was brilliant that they added to Shadow is they actually have customizable settings where mm-hmm. you can yeah. set the difficulty I like for, for everything. each one. You can make mm-hmm. combat easy and you can make the puzzles difficult, which is really nice because I do agree that all three Tomb Raider games are extremely easy. I played mm-hmm. each one of them on the most difficult setting. Mm-hmm. Same with Shadow. I mm-hmm. still do think that Shadow's too easy. Well, no, um, I agree. I do like in Shadow that for um, they actually borrowed this concept from Uncharted. Mm-hmm. When you can climb up on something, in the original games, everything was polygons, obviously. Mm-hmm. But in this game, when you could climb up something or interact with something, they mark it by like, let's say you have to climb up some debris that's wooden they'll just be for some weird reason they'll be a white paint mm-hmm, going sure. across yeah. a log yep. mm-hmm. in shadow of the tomb raider you can choose to not have those mm-hmm. white marks so you truly do need to run around and interact with the mm-hmm. environment in order to figure out that you can climb mm-hmm. up an object which and was I, I really nice because i missed that aspect i'm like why are you going to tell me where i need to go like yeah. that takes it is away. very obvious right yeah, yeah. and yeah. it takes away the it's feeling not like it's just no it's like hey climb here yeah and and it takes away the peel of what tumor you had where it's like it all looks the same i don't know what i can climb and what i can't i think when it came down to the reason why shadow i did not hate shadow Mm -hmm. i was disappointed by shadow which i think personally is even worse yeah i think that sheer amount of just disappointment and being unfulfilled is a worse feeling than just full out hate. yeah and see that's how i feel too i was more disappointed with the story yes i feel like after all the build-up from rise that they let it fall flat and they really didn't tie things up in a very neat way it kind of just left things mm -hmm. like what? I have the same personal opinion that you just said on, on life in general. If someone's, <laughs> no, if someone's like, I hate you, I'm like, oh, that sucks. And then if someone's like, I'm disappointed in you, I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> yeah. Like, it, For- it just hurts more. <laughs> We've been talking a lot about how Lara Croft, when it comes to her backstory and the reason, like, what found, makes her into Lara Croft, yeah. not the Tomb Raider. What makes Lara Croft is her mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. You would expect, okay, game one, her main flaw is, you know, disbelief not believing in her father mm-hmm. game two her main problem is her obsession with proving her, her following real yeah. game three is about her damn parents again mm-hmm. i am really sick mm-hmm. of caring about her, her parents. parents right i feel like she is now an adult woman like mm-hmm. it's time to move on and have a different right. force mm-hmm. pushing we, you mm-hmm. to your goals if we didn't still have to talk about relic run and go I would say the parents thing moves right into Laura Croft Tomb Raider, the 2001 movie with Angelina Jolie. It does. And like, it makes, it's like, it and can that's go where it all on started, for so honestly. long. It can go on and be okay. But I feel like 
the past, all three games had the same exact advertisement ploy. Mm -hmm. We have made the Tomb Raider. She actually earned that in Rise. Mm -hmm. So why did she take 10 steps backward? The first thing that she does in Shadow is make the same freaking mistake, killing hundreds of people. Mm -hmm. She instantly kills hundreds of innocent people and she is defiant about it. Mm -hmm. Lara Croft is not a hero at this point. No, she's she not. She is defiant. So in Shadow, she is she's not arrogant. a role model. She is, she is not, not a role even model. by the end. No. I mean, no. at the end, she makes a choice Kai, of, she, oh, I'm not going to look into the mirror of Aerosol and be with my parents forever. This yeah. isn't a story we've heard a million times. Right. Yeah. She makes that choice of, I'm not going to go be with my parents forever. I'm going to accept that my parents are dead, even though they've been dead for a long time. Yeah. I, I sound think, really, really, <laughs> like, can you imagine, like, if Lara Croft is a real person? Your parents, parents are, are dead. dead. Get dead. over it. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it's at this point where it's like, okay, Lara, you are more than just your parents. Mm -hmm. yeah. you, there's so much more to you. You are the Tomb Raider. There is mm -hmm. a point where Jonah, who's been a friend of Lara since game one, is mm -hmm. literally, like, People are dying mm -hmm. and you're worried about damn treasure. Like, mm -hmm. what is wrong with you? Yep. He literally nice. calls her out on mm -hmm. it. And it's like, you are the player. You are Lara. You're controlling her. So you don't feel like... In Rise of the Tomb Raider, I was just saying how, like, you feel like you made that choice with Lara. You feel like everything that Lara does feels like something that you as the player mm -hmm. would do with mm -hmm. her. In Shadow... You are forced to do things that you're like, I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. Like, why am I literally like, I just flooded this entire village. Mm -hmm. There are children dying mm -hmm. and I don't, why doesn't Laura care? Mm -hmm. Why doesn't she care? She should care. Mm -hmm. I feel like she that's a bad She has cared about people. Yeah. yeah. She has cared about people so much in the past two games. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She has fought for the innocent. She has only killed the bad guy. Mind you, in Shadow, she's not purposely and intentionally killing the good people, but she is making she, horrible decisions that, caused that it. kills them, mm -hmm. and she doesn't care. Mm -hmm. And that's where it's like, this isn't this isn't her. Why are we taking 10 steps mm -hmm. backwards? And she, we made all of this development in the past two games mm -hmm. for her to just fall like this for... Why, why did she fall like this? She ended Rise on a good note. Yeah. Why has she fallen so far? And see, and I think, like, even going back to the classic games, there, you know, in Last Revelation, she'd made a huge mistake that caused devastating impacts on other innocent people that had nothing to do with her. But throughout that, she did everything she could to make it right. Whereas in Shadow, it just seems like, Yes, she's trying to fix things and right the wrong that she caused. But at the same time, it's like, no, this isn't, it's not about everybody else. It's about me mm -hmm. and, you know, how I've been affected and my pain and suffering and mm -hmm. that type of thing. And so it's like, you don't really care about her as yeah. a hero anymore. In Shadow, it really kind of misses the mark, too, because you get put into a culture that Lara Croft does not understand. She doesn't speak the native language. The game does a terrible job at translating it. The original way that you download the game is that everyone speaks Spanish, mm -hmm. except for Lara. Mm -hmm. So it's really kind of off-putting where an NPC comes up to you and mm -hmm. speaks to you in Spanish, and then Lara Croft responds to them in English. Mm -hmm. And these random people that live in the jungle understand her mm -hmm. they should have just 
they tried really hard to be progressive and be like, yeah, Laura Croft understands different cold. No, she doesn't. Like, no. this is all a load of bullshit. Yeah. And we all know it. And the person who literally understands the bullshit the most is the player. And for some reason, everyone in the game is completely oblivious to mm -hmm. this. Yeah. And it it's really off-putting. Yeah. And it's really unfortunate because Lara Croft comes in here, steals an artifact, basically, mm -hmm. and causes the destruction of so many innocent people. Mm -hmm. And it's not like she's like, cool, I'll save them, like whatever. But it's not because she wants to save them. She's really just trying to save her best interests in the end. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's kind of it's an unfortunate um, turn of her personality that doesn't make sense. It would be one thing if we could see her descent into madness or whatever. Yeah, it would sure. be a more believable story. But it's like, we have spent hours, years getting to know this character. Mm -hmm. so and Game for her to instantly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and not it's not just that would be episode one of season eight. <laughs> and everything. This is the first 20 minutes of the game. Yeah. And yeah. it doesn't, it keeps being in this progression of just completely, just absolutely showing no respect to these literal like villagers that she's mm -hmm. coming in and taking over. And she's literally raiding their tombs and their religious mm -hmm. sites, not even saying anything, using these people literally and be like, oh, I see that, you know, Trinity's stealing all this stuff from you. Can you like... You know, I'll I'll take care of them for you. Can mm -hmm. you tell me where your artifact is? I mm -hmm. bet you Trinity's gonna get there. <laughs> yeah. And then you're literally just going there to go steal the artifact first, not telling the people that you're going mm -hmm. to go do that. Yeah. So it's it's not So are you guys hoping that the next game is gonna be a reboot or a fourth game in the series? I don't think it's gonna be fourth game in the series because they no. literally said that this is the last yeah, one. Yeah, they pretty much wrapped up. They um actually another thing that I really am disappointed in when it comes to Shadow. Day one that the game came out, they had an emergency update. They released the wrong ending to the game. Yes, they did. On day one that the game came out, the people mm -hmm. who played the game on day one mm -hmm. got a wonderful ending. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert, skip to two minutes ahead if you're <laughs> listening to this and you want to play Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Yeah. At the end of Shadow of the Tomb Raider... In the ending, if you played the day that the game came mm -hmm. out, the ending is you're back at Croft Manor mm -hmm. and you're introducing, um, what's the name of the butler? Winston. Winston. And mm -hmm. you're like, you are Lara Croft. You're yeah. that confident, sassy girl. Mm -hmm. You're like, went through all this. Mm -hmm. I feel good about myself now. They cut that ending out. That ending well, wasn't supposed to be released. Well, Instead, this is, it's an ending. Um, there's actually another thing that was included in that original ending. There's actually a letter on her desk from Jacqueline Natla, who was the villain from the 1996. Yeah. And so it's kind of saying, now we've come full circle. Like, she's the Tomb Raider now. Now, now this we're going to go to the actual story. This is when yeah. it starts. And so that was really nice. And they then to find out, out, and then to find out that no, that that was a mistake. That wasn't the real ending. And you're like, why not? Yeah. And even it was just, I feel like Shadow. It was a rushed game. It was the rushed, art yeah. book is the most depressing thing that I have ever owned. I got the art book. I love Tomb Raider. So when I bought the game, mm -hmm. I bought the art book worth it. The mm -hmm. art book shows Lara Croft wrestling with alligators. Oh jeez, doing freaking cool stuff. Yeah, none of that was included. No, the only enemies that you fight in Shadow are llamas. <laughs> if they really even count, fight. I'm the talking llamas. about things that you can kill. Basically, oh uh, wow, well. llamas, 
a jaguar, which is kind of a cool yeah, kind that of was, throwback that was fun, to the originals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they don't, they only respawn in one area. Mm-hmm. So if you ever want to go have a good fight again, you have to go to one specific spot. Mm-hmm. That's the only area that an enemy respawns in the entire game. Mm-hmm. Eels in the water. It's kind of cool, but you don't really, it's more of a stealth factor. Mm-hmm. And then enemies who don't respawn. So a game that is about a, all, like both Shadow and Rise were collectathons, basically. Mm-hmm. A lot of the activities you do would be collecting and finding your mm-hmm. artifacts, basically, mm-hmm. to be able to learn more about the history and have little side stories and everything. And Shadow... When you, the game is basically training you to go back and backtrack in the game. Mm-hmm. In Shadow, you're supposed to do the same thing, mm-hmm. but there's no payoff to going back. There's no additional struggle when you go back to the beginning no. of Explorer. Instead, it's just all empty and there's nothing there. Yeah. Like, it's, it's kind of depressing mm-hmm. when you go back to play. And that is on the highest difficulty in the game, yeah. including New Game Plus. Mm-hmm. The enemies do not even respawn in New Game Plus, and the difficulty isn't even harder. It is a load <laughs> of crap. Like, they're not even harder to kill. Yeah. Like, they still, like, you would be doing, like, a stealth mode in Shadow, and, like, let's say I'm looking at you. You're sitting across the table from me. I look at you. We're both looking at each other. You obviously see me. And Shadow the Tomb Raider, you don't see me still. Like, they, they made it look like the stealth factor was going to be so much more difficult in this mm-hmm. game, but the NPCs are still the stupidest people of all time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and apparently, they don't regain, like, they don't replace anyone on their post in Trinity. I guess no. they're struggling. They don't have any extra people. To <laughs> it's hard to recruit when people are dying left and right. Yeah, yeah. that's true. But it's just, I feel like there were so many things in that game that, like, they wanted to do, mm-hmm. but they just didn't have the time to do it. And mm-hmm. it's... Almost like history repeating itself yeah. when it came mm-hmm. to the original Tomb Raider. Well, and, and they just wanted Lara Croft to end. Yeah, like they didn't want to make the game anymore. And it's, and it's funny we didn't really get to talk too much about this in the last episode, but the way the first reboot ended with Underworld is kind of the same thing. Like you get to this point where your character has progressed so much, and you're waiting for like this grand moment, and then it's like. It's over. This yeah. is it. We're just gonna scrap it and start over because we don't we know can. what the heck we were doing. That's yeah. what they did with the the reboot. It's really a mm-hmm. shame. Any, any understanding why? Like what? Why would they the want to voice actress for Laura Croft who did an impeccable job in Rise? Yeah, she literally was like, "I'm kind of bored of being Laura Croft, and it would be really cool if she had a child." Yeah, and I would continue. I would do another game for her if it was me as her mom and the child went on, which hurt so much yeah. because you were Lara Croft and but I, you don't understand Lara Croft anymore. Yeah. We thought that you did. You yeah. betray- like, But she's a voice actress, right? Yeah. She doesn't she's necessarily... a voice actress for it, but she did such a great job. And then Shadow, she said that she was bored of being Lara Croft, so you're like, okay, so she's going to put her all in Shadow yeah. at least, right? Her lines are so flat. And I know it sounds mean because she's obviously more talented than I could ever dream of being. But, like, yeah. you can tell yeah. that she was not feeling it for this game. Mm-hmm. She wanted to go on. She's gone on into doing – she's not doing voice acting anymore. She's doing real life acting now. Yeah, and that's that's and the dream of a lot of voice yeah. actors, right? A lot of – she's achieved her dreams. And now, Shad, like, Tomb Raider is that embarrassing side project she did. And well, it I don't really, know if she sees it as that. It she was felt a f- that way with Shadow. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's kind of the way Shadow felt in general. It, like, yeah. Okay. It just – it was a hurt in morale. <laughs> All right, so this has been a very long episode, and I'm oh, actually I'm thinking... Oh, I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. This is exactly what we want, but I'm thinking that 
We can cover the movies and the side games in another episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we're gonna end here because this is a this is a, an episode, and we have three movies to talk about and three kind of weird side project games, games yeah. that we'll we'll get to. Yeah. In another episode, we don't want to keep you guys. I mean, this is. You guys are going to get sick of us eventually, right? So we don't want to... We, I mean, we could go on forever. passionate about Lara Croft. No, and we fine. think she deserves better. <laughs> she does. She definitely does. Yeah. Um, we thank you all for listening. And uh, we'll be back with these two again um, to finish the final episode eventually. So, so all right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.